Today's show was recorded on December the 11th, 2018. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, the leader of the dance troupe. Well, it's definitely not caffeine rage, but eh. <laughs> on today's I'm show, sure have we'll... the crippled dancing. That that's that's someone's fetish. True. I mean, uh, rule 34. Indeed. Anyways, on today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we've played this week, or maybe more specifically that I've played this week. Epic's Game Store is pro-dev, but anti-consumer. We're going to go through it. The Bethesda Failure Conga line continues with a couple of news stories related to, you guessed it, Fallout 76. Nintendo rolls back its content creator program to something in, for 2018. Boosting is now a criminal offense in South Korea. Steam has bugs and issues with adult content. Again. Uh, we'll have our weekly community corner with a listener question and our Steam discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hi, Rage. Hello. How are you? A little tired. Had a bit of a day. Uh, went uh, shopping and then uh, made bread, so the shoulders are a little sore. At this point, you might as well just open a bakery. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, the lady down the hall, I'm uh, making some bread for her uh, Friday. Nice. Is she paying you for it or are you doing yeah. this out of the kindness of your No, heart? No, she's paying me. Fancy. Look at you. Actually, I'm selling uh, her bread twice. I'm selling her some uh, this week and I'm selling her some just before Christmas. Nice. Hey, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. Hell yeah, it is. 20 bucks is awesome. Uh, 20 bucks for four loaves, which honestly, it's not that much work. It's just a lot of waiting around for most of my bread. Yeah. It's like 15 minutes of uh, hard work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that uh, that bread maker will help with some of that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, with the bread maker, there are certain things you can't do. Uh, like specifically it's... the bread that she wants is the cinnamon swirl that I make. <laughs> Yeah, you you probably couldn't make the cinnamon swirl. You could make like cinnamon bread. I could uh, but... do the bre- uh, I could do the dough itself, but yeah, yeah, still would have to do all the rolling out and uh, dusting of uh, flour or dusting of uh, sugar and uh, cinnamon and everything else. So, yeah, it would cut out a step, but it would still you know only make one loaf at a time. Yeah, we're uh, dear listener. We've we've had a discussion about Christmas goodies. Uh, I don't think that Craig caught that part. Maybe he did. I don't know. Well, but, uh, he caught about uh, computer cookies. He did catch the part about computer cookies. So, yeah, my, uh, my wife went to my mom's house today and baked mini Christmas goodies. Uh, she came home with, like, four duffel bags worth full. Like, I mean, it, this stuff wasn't in duffel bags. It's, like, these really big open bags. They're, like, collapsible, but they're about the size of, like, you know, your average duffel bag when you think of one. She brought home four of those full of things. I'm very excited to put on 10 pounds in the next week because, you know, I need to be fatter. (laughs) Oh, you're also fattening me up and I definitely don't need it, but I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting two little round containers of of goodies plus the bread maker, Mm. which I guess technically I could say is like a Christmas present. But you've known (laughs) about that for a while and we just haven't mailed it because we're bad at that. That's all right. 
but it'll be getting mailed tomorrow because obviously if we wait to mail stuff then the cookies or what i actually i don't know what's all in your goodie basket i know that there was fudge made and cookies and many like small cakes and loaves of hey, you know if you keep this so. up we're gonna have to go into the elevator so i could get a snack have, have, to hit the, have to hit the food court. That'll be our fa- our fastest ever break. <laughs> Excuse us. At the five minute mark. Hang on. Yeah. No, no. We should probably get into it this week. So, like I said when I was doing the intro, uh, I'm the only one who's going to be discussing games this week. Yeah. Rage only had one on the list, and well, you said well, that you well, wanted I haven't some updated. more time in it. I haven't updated the uh, games we played list on the docket. But, oh, okay. Uh, I have two that I have a... a fair amount of time in but one is in beta and the other one i only got a couple hours in on a game that's 50 hours plus so it's only just starting to get some of the uh, mechanics in play and it's the one that i plan on streaming more often Uh, yeah when i get around to streaming but i've just uh, it's a combination of uh taking a little bit of a break from gaming over the past uh, about week just to you know kind of reset Especially after uh, you know hitting Warframe real hard, yeah, just have to do a reset every so often. Plus, I got a couple of projects going on. One that I'm under NDA on, so I can't talk about it just yet. Um, Ooh. Um, uh, Did you tell me about it, and I didn't realize there was an NDA, or no. have you kept it hush hush? No, for me no, too? I've kept it hush hush completely. Wow, look at you. Yeah, Amazing. I can't talk about it just yet. It's coming up, uh, I think, mid-January or so. I'll have to look up the date exactly, but I can't talk about it uh, at all outside of just saying that it. I will be talking about it later. So, Okay, and, so you can't even like say what the game is? Like it's no, I can't. Very strict NDA? Very strict okay. NDA. Okay, gotcha. And cool. uh, I mean, we've seen uh, NDAs go uh, crazy, uh, and I don't want to get uh, hit by one because you never know, right? Yeah, you never know. I mean, we're teeny tiny, but if somebody hit us with something, mm-hmm. we would be fucked. So, I get you. Better safe than sorry. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to go telltale, right? Yeah. No, we do not <laughs> want to do that. Or uh, Bethesda. Uh, or... Which is the reason why I'm probably not going to have a game that I played next week because uh, doing my thing with that, plus my other little things I'm working on, and plus getting Game Club stuff going. So, you know, it's going to be all you next week as well. Sweet. Well, I don't think I'll be able to carry as long next week as I will this week. I'm not sure if I can do the full 60 myself. I will just see how wound up. Oh, I don't get. worry. I, I have faith in your stamina. <laughs> Why? Thank you. But I mean, next week, I don't think I'll I just don't think I'll have the amount of games. I've got one game I'm holding in reserve. I've got two on my list for today. I've got one I'm holding in reserve um, completely. And then another one. Well, I guess I've got two, but I've got more time in one of them than I do the other one. So. We've got two games for next week already outside of Reseteer for Game Club. But. So, uh, kick it off with the games you played? Yeah, so the games I played this week, and just while I'm sitting here looking at it, I'm going to delete that off of. Yeah, so I don't actually catch it on the. Uh, when I'm uh, compiling the notes. Yeah. So, I've got two games this week. And don't worry, I will um, try to uh, stream, but I can't promise. I did get some more time in that one. Yeah. Uh, so the first game I've got on my list is completely brand new. Uh, the second one is re- revisiting an older game that, or not older, but a game we played this year already. But its expansion came out, the first one. But anyways, the first game is Planet Explorers, 
Planet Explorers is a uh, sort of survival crafting. I mean, it is survival crafting, but less emphasis on the survival aspect, but I'll I'll get into all that stuff. It's a survival crafting game that was developed by a fairly small team. It was in early access for a number of years, and then it officially released in 2016. Um, I believe I first saw this game in 2012 or 2013, um, and... At the time, like, I kind of had a point where I was extremely wary of early access, then kind of accepting of it, and now I'm back to being extremely wary of early access. (laughs) So, like, this game just kind of, like, it wound up on my wish list, and it was way buried. Um, And when I went through and reorganized... I was about to say, ended up on your wish list. That's not exactly a a great feat. This game was, was put back on my wish list when there were less than 100 games on it. That's how long ago I saw this but it had gotten buried so when I went through and I reorganized it earlier and deleted a bunch of stuff I mean there's still like a thousand games on my wish list but there, there were closer to 1500 on there so progress I guess um, I noticed it and I was like oh I'm gonna put this up there back towards the top and when it goes on sale uh, I'll see about picking it up and it it went on sale just kind of randomly or no no no, it wasn't random it was during the the Thanksgiving sale that Steam did it was less than it was around like six or seven bucks. I was like, you know what? That's perfect. I've got six or seven bucks sitting in my Steam account or my Steam wallet. I'll buy that. So I picked it up. And this is probably like I've played a lot of this type of game. I love my mining. I love my survival crafting. I love my base building and management and my colony sim games. And I love like creating my custom items and, um, you know messing with all that stuff and this game has all of that and it's all done really well this is genuinely probably the best survival crafting type game i've ever played ever um it's got mixed reviews on steam uh i don't know like i mean you know it's been around for many years at this point i don't know how many of them you know what their age is and things um a lot of the ones that I've seen where it talks about like bugs and issues, those have seemed to have been taken care of. Well, it's patches. Uh, uh, 55% mixed reviews on the re- recent reviews, 27 uh, user reviews in the last 30 days. Okay. Um, I haven't looked at the recent stuff to see what people are saying. Uh, it um, looks like it's mostly saying that it's still not uh, living up to the promise that it's made. Okay. Uh, which, since it's left early access by the look of it, uh, you know... Is a valid point. Okay. I I don't know, like, what any promises were on this game. Like, I I didn't really follow its development. I was like, oh, this looks neat. I'll put this on my wish list, and when it's out of early access, I'll play it. Um, I'll I'll talk about the bad stuff first. Uh, I don't have many gripes with this game, but some of the things that are wrong with it can be pretty big turnoffs to people. The biggest one being performance. Um, This game is just pretty badly optimized. Um... A lot of it seems to be CPU bound. It it doesn't handle um, multi-threading very well, so it tends to bombard one or two CPU cores. And I've got an i7, so it does pretty okay. But there are definitely times where like you'll get into something and it'll just tank. The frame rate will tank. Um, it's got some nasty pop-in issues that I can't seem to fix, no matter what I do with the graphics settings, which does kind of suck. Um, and it just generally doesn't look all that great. Um, you know, it's okay, but it's, it's certainly like not a looker. It's nothing to write home about in that department. 
Um, the other major issue that I have with it is the controls are kind of fiddly. Some of the controls are like just like generally playing it, it's fine. It plays, you know, a lot like an MMO um, with the way that you control the camera and the way that your uh, some of your attacks and abilities and items work um, that you can use. So I, I say abilities. It's not like spells or anything. It's like certain items give you things that you can do. And they're all like on hot bars and stuff. Um, but uh, the the camera can be a little bit frustrating at times. Like once you get used to it, it's, you know, it's serviceable, but it's a little wonky. Like a, a lot of the controls are fiddly and wonky. The, the fiddliest is when it comes to actually designing your custom things. Um, which uh, again, I'll talk more about that later but essentially you can custom create anything like vehicles weapons items buildings clothes like you name it in the game you can customize it and create your own things um and for some of that it's okay like if you're building a custom building uh Hmm. to use like custom materials and designs and stuff it's okay but like trying to design custom weapons where all of the voxels are very teeny tiny it can be very fiddly so that can be frustrating well, I just um, I, well, I was looking to see what else they've done, and I know their other game fairly well. I, I haven't what, played it yet. What's their other game? My tam uh, Port, uh, Portia. I haven't played that. Uh, it's pretty much uh, uh, one of the latest uh, Harvest Moon likes. Okay. Uh, it's one of the more popular ones, or at least it was for a while. I'm not sure if it's still all that popular. But full, yeah. but full 3D and uh, pretty much sandbox. Uh, go do your thing and uh, yeah, pretty much yeah, what Harvest Moon is. You know, full of mini games and different events and that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the other big issue that I, I mean I haven't tried it, so I don't know. But many people, most people, seem to say that the multiplayer is real bad, um, and it's very glitchy. Um, and buggy if you're not the host i haven't played it with anybody i don't know if i'll even have anybody to play this game with so i i don't know if you know cannot confirm or deny but you know if you want to play this game with your friends most people say the multiplayer is bad so don't uh don't know anything about that and that's about all i can think of for bad stuff i'm sure i'll think of like a couple of gripes as i go along and specifically like dive into each system but other than that uh, I pretty much think everything else about this game is awesome. So it's a, you know, a voxel based survival crafting game. You know, there's tons and tons of those. Uh, but this game really sets itself apart from any of the other ones that I've ever played. So it's got uh, single player. It's got three different modes, uh, story mode, like with an actual uh, story uh, that develops and uh, as you progress through and, and, gives you different gameplay aspects and things to deal with there's the adventure mode which is basically just like the basic survival crafting mode Uh, and then there's build mode which is just free free build um it's got a hand created map so there's no like randomly generated whatever um and not even the like uh material deposits and things like you know like mining iron or whatever like those also are not randomly placed on each playthrough like you know they might have been seeded when the map was created but stuff's in the same place every time that, and that seems so weird that, now doesn't it i know but it's great it's it's, it's awesome um uh, no i'm not you know, saying that's not awesome i'm just saying it seems weird 
it does seem very weird. Like that's not how things are done anymore, but yeah, everything's in the same place every time. And I really like just having a map to explore. You sort of get a feel for the geography. Uh, there's very distinct, uh, areas of the map. It's sort of like generally subdivided, you know, how you would expect an RPG map to be like, this is the forest. This is the big lake. This is the desert. And you know, some other like major like biomes or regions, but inside of that, each area has, you know, several very distinct landmarks and things that you can pick out. And I can generally navigate around the map without using the map on the parts I'm familiar with. I've, I've explored about half of the map so far via just the story missions because uh, I've, I've only really played it in um, story mode. Like I checked out adventure mode. And I was like, this is cool. And if the story mode just like ends, I might come back to adventure mode mm-hmm. and play it. But I I haven't like... I don't want to spoil anything, so I don't know exactly how far I am in the campaign mode, but it feels like there's still a good chunk to go. Like, I feel like I'm maybe halfway through the, the story mode. Um, so anyways, yeah, the map itself, handcrafted stuff was, you know, was seated. Everything's in the same place. It's really well designed. Got some good, uh, you know, memorable landmarks, topography, that sort of thing. Um, but starting the, the career mode, I guess I'll just sort of talk through that. Because the career mode or the campaign mode really in, uh, introduces all of the gameplay mechanics at a, at a good pace. Um, it feels like I'm, uh, you know, as I start to get the hang of one thing, it's like, okay, you got this one thing. Now here's the next thing. Like it, it feels very well paced. So the the basic story is uh, you and a group of you know colonizers uh, were sent to this planet uh, to colonize it because it was you know marked to be like um, it was marked as a garden world. So it would be perfect for human colonization. But something happens that nobody knows what it was. It causes your main colony ship to crash. Um, and you start stranded in a, a life pod with someone who is injured. Um, and the first couple of missions act as like a tutorial. She's telling you like, hey, I need medicine. Go find these things to get me medicine. So it does feel very MMO-esque in the quest sense. Almost every quest is go fetch X number of Y material. Um, there's some others that aren't. They typically are like build a thing or uh, go kill a certain number of things, which the kill things could, you know, definitely MMO. Uh, there's also a number of quests that are like, go explore this area and report back with what you find. And those get you in in random situations. But anyway, so um, she... Uh, she gives you your first couple of quests, which are to basically get her medicine and craft your first weapon and things like that. Um, and then you find a, a second group of survivors and the story sort of starts to unfold. And they send you on some more missions, which introduce you a little bit more to the crafting system um, and, and what you can do, ranged weapons, melee weapons, that sort of thing. And then it opens up for a little bit. And basically there are people at the camp that represent sort of the training missions for each thing so there's a guy that's like the weapons guy and the missions that he gives you teach you about mining uh and you know like chopping down trees and gathering those sorts of materials and how to use them to craft the weapons um which you get recipes for completing quests or they're, they're called the recipes or blueprints i don't know whatever yeah you play crafting games so you, you know you get like the, Wait, the recipe have? for well, you know, I assume most people here have played at least one crafting game. But, you know, you get the blueprint or whatever uh, maybe for how to craft. Maybe it. Maybe. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you get the blueprint. <laughs> Took you a moment. I did. 
so you get you get the blueprint and it tells you like have you know x number of y materials and you start to open up the sort of the tree of um you know building up to like gunpowder and things like that like you start seeing that and you get all your basic tools uh then you complete a mission that basically they make you the leader and then once that happens you can recruit followers to just follow you around you can have two at a time um and this is where the rpg sort of stuff starts to come in you can fully equip them uh different people have different abilities that you can utilize while they're in your party so like someone might be better with a bow and you can like have them use their bow and do like a ranged ability some of them have like crafting or gathering so you can like click the button and they'll wander off for a little while and go craft materials um the the helpers are awesome like if you start chopping down a tree if they've got axes in their inventory, they'll come help you chop down the tree and you chop it down faster. Um, if you start like digging, um, they'll come over and they'll help you. Um, you can sort of direct them around a little bit. It's not like a full command, like go here and do X thing, but you can just like, uh, you know, put your reticle on someone and there's some basic commands like attack or come back and defend that sort of thing. Um, and there's no like stat or there's no stats or leveling up. Well, I mean, there's stats, but there's no leveling up. All of your stats come from your gear, uh, and then you get some bonuses, like if you're well-fed or if you take vitamins or you can be tired if you work for too long without sleeping. The uh, The survival mechanics are pretty pretty good. Uh, they're definitely not overbearing. They're I, I would say they're dialed in pretty perfectly. Uh, the planet has a 26-hour day, and you can be... Like, you, you technically never have to sleep. Like, the game lets you go forever without sleeping, but when you get to a certain threshold of not sleeping, all of your stats take a hit. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're weaker, you have less health, you're slower, all that stuff. But you can stay up for a full 26 hours before that kicks in. So it's not, like, pressuring you to sleep every three minutes. Um, and, and a full day takes about two and a half to three hours of real time. So, you know, you, you only have to sleep every two to three hours. Um, and then you've got, you know, you've got a food meter, which drains pretty, pretty slowly. Um, if you eat one meal a day, you'll survive. So, you know, you only have to really stop and eat every two to three hours. Um, and like when you starve, you start to uh, take What's the time uh, ratio? Uh, well, it, so it's... Or I, 26... I guess I should say the time scale. Well, it's a 26 hour day in the game and that's about two and a half to three hours in real time. All right. I'm not exactly sure what that scale right, so, breaks so, down to. So but. a pretty decent one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what's yeah. always ir- uh, irritating is whenever there's a survival game that uh, goes more hardcore onto the survival aspect, but then they have the time scale be so short that you're constantly eating and drinking. Uh, it, it was the problem that uh, We Happy Few had for quite a while. I'm not sure if they yeah, ever uh, uh, fixed it, but... Uh, Pretty much you were pill-popping and eating like crazy, but all the NPCs seemed like they were on a different scale, according to all the reviews I saw. Yeah, it's, it's got this dialed in really well. Um, you know, if, if you eat basically one meal a day, you're not going to starve. Um, if you eat two to three meals a day, uh, you'll start getting like a well-fed bonus, which gives you some extra stamina and stuff. And doing more and you start to get a gut. Actually, yes. If you eat more than that, you get, uh, I mean, it doesn't like make your character look fatter but it's called the overeating penalty and you move slower and things like that see more games need to be like a gta san andreas where if you eat too often at the fast food your character gets to be a fat slob that can that can't run that would be funny but 
It, it, I mean, it slows you down. When you overeat, you move a little bit slower. Your stamina bar uh, drains faster. And you take a small hit to your health, like your maximum health. Um, and then you can also eat healthy food and unhealthy food. Uh, and eating lots of healthy food gives you uh, stat boosts. And then eating too much unhealthy food uh, gives you negatives, gives you penalties. So that's that's pretty good. I mean, it's not like eating like one... Because like a lot of the rations are considered unhealthy because it's basically all like bread and sugar. Um, so like if you eat too many rations, then, you know, you get some penalties. But, you know, if you just eat, like, one or two every day to survive, like, to just keep, make, you know, make sure you don't starve, then that's, it doesn't, like, penalize you. Uh, wait, like, I thought like this was eat... up Planet Explorers. <laughs> um, well, I don't have any games to talk about this week, so I may as well just make puns. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and then if you eat, like, a bunch of, like, salads or, like, natively grown food, like, that you, you know, grow yourself later, like, you get, uh, you start to get bonuses if you eat it enough. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that system is, I think, pretty well dialed in. I'm not honestly not sure if there's any changes that I'd make to it. Like, it doesn't constantly, like, warn you that you're, like, going to die or whatever. It doesn't constantly warn you that, you know, oh, my God, you're at 75% status. You should probably think about maybe having a sandwich. Like, it doesn't pester you. It just, like, you know, it flashes red when it you're, like, to nothing. And your character might go, like, might yawn and be like, oh, I'm kind of sleepy or I'm kind of hungry. And like that's it. It doesn't keep pestering you about it. Yeah, what um, yeah, I like systems like that are the ones where it's a buff that goes away that starts to make things more difficult instead of racking up a ton of penalties really quickly. Yeah, I mean you really have to try or be in a really bad way to get a whole bunch of penalties. Like it, it takes a while for that to happen. Um and because you get stat boost from your armor too, like uh or the armor and clothes that you wear, um you can survive a little bit longer once you get a little bit farther. So like some of the missions take you away from your colony for a while. So you might not bring enough supplies or maybe you just don't want to like stop and gather some more stuff if you run out. Uh, and your armor can help mitigate some of those penalties for a while. It's a really good system for that. Um, and also you have to make sure your followers rest and eat as well. And that's automatic. Uh, Everyone at your colony, which, again, I'll talk more about that later, takes care of themselves as long as you've got enough systems set up for them to be self-sufficient. And then the people that are directly following you, you just, like, put some food in their inventory. And when they get hungry, they eat. And every time you sleep, they sleep. Uh, and then if their bar bottoms out, then they'll, like, pass out on the ground next to you. Oh, typically that doesn't... Uh, do they at least cuddle? <laughs> yes. Typically, though, that doesn't happen because, like, you know, like I just said, when you sleep, they sleep, so you pretty much have to be exhausted yourself before they'll pass out. Um, but once you go through sort of all of the basic tutorials for things in the story, it boots you over to the next area and you start encountering higher level enemies, higher level quests, uh, people who give you higher level gear. Uh, and it, it's just sort of a, a you building the story. You're learning more about the ship and potentially what happened uh, you start learning about the history of Earth and Mars and some of the other colonies that exist. And, you know, obviously it's sci-fi, so Earth and Mars hate each other. Uh, of course. And so there's, like, suspicion of foul play. And then you go on, you know, further on and you run into um, the uh, aliens that are on the planet. Uh, and it's like, oh, my God, we didn't know that there were aliens on the planet. Maybe they're 
could do this. And everyone's like, no, they're very primitive. And spoilers, uh, that, they did it. That go well, I don't know if they did it or not, but uh, come to find out, there is like, uh, oh, oh, spoiler alert, major spoiler alert. Come to find out, there is like a major, um, or there's like a long dead race on this planet and they have like giant robots and completely fully automated like factories and ships and stuff that mm-hmm. you discover later on. So pretty sort of standard sci-fi stuff, but it's really nice to see it in one of these survival crafting games to give some so, context and some meaning to what you're doing. So basically it's what happens to the world after your character leaves in Factorio. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, and when you when you meet the like the guy who was supposed to be the head honcho, um, there's sort of like a mutiny, and they're like, "No, we don't want you to be the leader. We want player character to be the leader." And so he basically is like, "Okay, you're going to be the leader of the Earth colonies. Um, here's how to build a colony." And he gives you all of the basic starting stuff to build a colony, and then there's more recipes you can develop or get later to build it. You, you know. Uh, call me crazy and you know this is a, a video game trope so you know a video game logic kicking in why is it always they elect the least qualified possible to lead all the colonies and then have to teach how to lead yeah i don't that's yeah good point because I, I mean this guy like he should he should be the leader like it's not his fault what happened he was like a a mayor or a I don't remember if he was a mayor or a governor or something, but he was like a politician back on Earth um, who was also a scientist. And so he was like chosen to lead this mission. But after something goes wrong and the ship crashes, instead of, you know, listening to him, everyone's like, no, he sucks. We don't want him to be our leader. Like it was his fault that the ship (laughs) crashed. Yeah, I mean, if I wanted to deal with this, I would just read political news in real life. (laughs) So so they make you the leader, and you get all the basics to create a colony, and you can build your own colony. And there is no restriction. You can build your colony anywhere. Um, and you can move it whenever you want. I don't know if you can build multiple colonies, but basically you can just tear it all down, uh, move it, and set up shop somewhere else. And everyone who you have got living at your colony um, will just show up once you rebuild it and put all the necessary stuff back in place. But Once you let them out uh, of their crates. Yeah, but so this is really where I started messing with the building system, which is pretty standard. Um, You can build things in blocks or in voxels, and when you build in blocks, it places just like any other, you know, Minecraft or Space Engineers or whatever. When you build in voxels, you've got sort of a paintbrush that you paint the the terrain with, and you can build it up uh, a little more like how No Man's Sky does it. I know you haven't played that range, but I know several of our listeners play No Man's Sky, and you just sort of shoot out the material and it sort of builds until you stop. Um, each have their own uses, but I definitely prefer the block building because I like things to be precise. Uh, and there are some basic things you can do. Like you can uh, have it like with the voxels, you can tell it to sort of shoot out in shapes. So you can, you know, build like more organic looking ramps or things like that, or maybe roofs for your uh, houses. If you choose to build those. Uh, I went with basically just a giant military-style compound. I had 40,000 units worth of, like, granite and marble from all the mining I had done. uh, Because, you know, that's what I do. Uh, So I went out into the ocean and built this platform, um, almost like an oil derrick, with a huge bridge that uh, goes over to the land. 
and put my colony essentially on an, an oil derrick. Um, and then I like I built it up and built a huge roof. I went went, went like also, way ocean overboard. Land. Yeah. Uh, but went way overboard. Uh, built this giant base, way bigger than the stuff that I had at the time, because I knew that I could expand. Um, and then uh, you can build like defense turrets, and you have to defend your base. Um, building a base attracts creatures to it. Oh, sorry, like, oh, sea land, this? Uh, not ocean land. The, uh, the oil derrick that yeah. they petitioned, what was it, the UN to make them mm-hmm. a, a country? Yeah. But, uh, so you, you do have to build static defenses for your base, and you can have colonists be guards, but, I mean, that's really the biggest waste of, of colonists. So build static defense turrets and things, because it attracts animals, um, and it might attract aliens. I built my base very far away from where all the aliens are. Because the map is kind of segregated in that way, like the very that very classic sort of old school RPG. Like this area has X type of enemy, and they are Y level, that you know that sort of thing. So I built as far away from the aliens as I could, and I don't know if the map's going to change as I progress. But um, you know, built it out in the water, defense turrets to keep the birds and the sharks from attacking it or killing them when they do, and then a big old land bridge or a big old bridge out to to the land. And the colony management system is fairly deep, but it's not very fiddly. It's pretty simple to understand and get set up. In the beginning, you have to do a lot of work on it, um, manually assigning people to it. But once they've got a little bit of experience as a a colony or as a colonist, um, you can assign people to be leaders. They're called VIP colonists, um, and and they, they become the leaders of your colony. And they have things that you can tweak, but basically you can just leave them alone and they will run your colony. Uh, initially, you have to provide all the resources for food and all the resources for power generation and things like that. But eventually you can get a station uh, that's like a recycling plant. Um, and then you can assign people to go out and they'll gather resources for you. And it completely automatically manages itself to keep itself running so all of your colonists don't die. And then you can come and you can tweak it later. Like if you need specific resources and you don't want to go mine them yourself or if you want to do something and you want to go do a couple missions while you you wait, you can like specifically assign colonists to do stuff for you. And you can sort of set up the, the leader's queue and they will uh, go out and gather and refine whatever you want. Um, the colony is the only way to repair and refuel or recharge vehicles. So you get one vehicle early on to help you with your early exploration of the map. Um, but it, it it lasts for a little bit of time. But it, if it gets destroyed, you can't replace it. And if you lose, like the batteries get destroyed for it or something like that, you can't use it anymore. Um, there's a lot of mobility options as, as a character. Um, so I don't really use vehicles all that much. But now that I'm getting later on in the game, I could see some definite benefit to using like a, a something sort of like uh, either a, an attack helicopter for <laughs> giant robots or a jet or something like that. Like, that could be really handy. Or maybe a tank. Um, but, I mean, you can really, like, anything you can dream up, you can build. Uh, which, this is where that really gets introduced. You get shown the sort of player creation system early on, but there's no point to use it. I think it's just an introduction because, um, you know, it, it's like a menu option. You can go in and you can, you know, do a couple of custom-made things. But you don't really have any resources or anything. It's kind of fiddly, so I left it for a while. 
But when you get to the colony management section, it becomes a lot more, I wouldn't say important. I don't feel like I have to use it. But there is one mission in particular where you're going to rescue some people. And they're like, well, you can uh, use these parts to build a helicopter. Or you could, like, build a, a ramp or a something to get over there and rescue those people. And I was like, I don't want to fiddle with a helicopter right now, so I'll build a ramp. But after that, I went back to my colony and really messed around with that system. So when I say you can custom create anything you want, you genuinely, literally can custom create anything you want. Um, you know, like I said earlier, like clothes, armor, weapons, vehicles, um, drones. There's drones in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can build robots. Um, you can build airships, helicopters, planes. Uh, it There's like a pre-made thing for a battleship, like a space battleship so but i haven't really messed with that i have no idea what the scale of that is it's a resource cost for like even the basic thing that it gives you to start with is ridiculous so that's one of those things i'm not sure how much more the game is going to scale up but um you know you can design tools uh, everything um and you can go in and you can not only custom design it in terms of like the way it looks but you can choose what materials it's made out of you can create composites so, um, I've gotten to the point where I've got all of the basic materials in the game unlocked. Everything from, you know, dirt and wood up to diamonds and gold and silver. Uh, and I like the way that it handles gold and silver, too. Because it's like, you can make gold armor, but instead of it being, like, you know, actual gold armor, it's like, that's it's really high-tech battle armor. Oh, like that's how right. the gold and silver works. So I thought that was that was pretty cool. Around around like steel armor is where it stops looking like you know what you think of of like traditional body armor, and then it starts to look more like power armor, which I think is a nice representation uh, of like okay, you're making things with gold and silver, so that means you're using like microchips and and things like that. So I thought that was pretty cool. But you you can make custom composites that are much much stronger than anything else. Um, and you can choose how many resources to invest in the composite. So you can have sort of different levels of your custom composites for, you know, different attributes like plus defense or plus attack or, uh, different looks like your custom composites can change the way that your weapon looks with like sort of a sheen or a finish to it. Um, and you can build stuff, you know, from scratch. There's a few basic parts to get you started. Like if you want to build a sword, you have like a sword hilt with a cross guard Mm -hmm. and that's it. And then you can design the blade however you want. If you want to build a gun, you'll have some basic stuff like maybe the receiver or a a slide or, you know, a trigger. And then you build from there to make it how you want vehicles. The same thing. Like you can start with a cockpit or, you know, some wheels or something and build up from there and just place the parts on it that you need. And then over on the side, like it tells you like how many materials you're going to need. Um, and some of the things like for vehicles, especially it's like, okay, so I want guns to be on there. So I'm going to attach like three guns. So then you have to craft like the three, the three guns that it needs, but just for like the basic structure of it, it's not like you have to craft 40 pipes and 50 sheets of steel. It's just like, you'll need X amount of materials. And so you go through, you design this whole thing. You can paint them, put logos on them. You can save templates to build off of for you know, for stuff, you can save all of your custom materials. So you don't have to redo that every time. And then there's just like, uh, it, it it says export. I I wish that would say something more like create or craft. Cause when you hit export, it tries to craft it. And if you don't have the materials, it's like, Oh, we can't craft this. So then you have to like, make sure you save it and then come back into the build or something. 
Yeah, yeah, that would be much better. But you know, it says export. So I mean, I I blew through that pretty quickly. It's extremely complex and complicated and fiddly. Um, it's not like the the biggest complaint I have with that is trying to move the camera around is frustrating as hell because it sort of focuses on a point and you can like click a point and then the camera focuses on that point and you can spin it around, zoom in or out. And it's not made clear, but there's this sort of blue, uh, blue like grid or sheet or, you know, uh, and that is where your building blocks are, are placed from the start. And it like, it, it sort of counts, sounds kind of simple as I explain it, but there's no, good tool tips. The tutorial for this is crappy. This game's not super popular. There's not a lot of tutorials out there online. And maybe if I had looked a little bit harder, I could have found it, but I was like bound and determined to figure it out on my own because I'm stubborn. So I finally figured out like, okay, the blue grid is the building plane and you have to, there's like a separate bar you have to go to and you drag that around and that's how you move the blue plane. Once you start building, it's not really that much of a problem because you could build off of what you're building on. But the first thing I was trying to design was a uh, a revolver. Like I want to make a revolver because revolvers are cool, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, how the hell do I start like actually like building, you know, the the barrel and all of that stuff? Like every time I try and place something, like it's just down on the trigger or like randomly like on this blue thing. And then like, well, maybe the blue thing is where I build on, but I couldn't find a way to move it. It took me a while, so very fiddly, but. Mm-hmm. What you know? Once you get the hang of it, it's one of those things like so. Oh, it's this the is dwarf fortress model uh, where it's fiddly but uh, very deep and interesting. Once you figure it out, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I mean, this system is, I think, where probably fifty percent of the development time went. There's so much you can do with it. I've not even really scratched the surface. I've designed a couple of weapons and one vehicle, but you can. I mean, people can upload stuff to the, the Steam Workshop. So I've went and I've looked at a lot of the things that people have created, and there's some really interesting and intense stuff on there. But, I mean, the stuff you create with your custom composites is way better than anything that I've found in the game so far. Um, so, yeah. Let's see. Colony management, crafting, the world, Don't think exploring. we're going to get to uh, your other game today. How long have I been talking? I don't know how long I've been uh, talking. The timer says 42 minutes already. Damn. I mean, there's just a lot to this game. Um, I don't really think there's anything else that I really need to cover. Without really going into detail on the story, um, I've hit all the basic game mechanics, some of the deeper systems. It's incredible. If you can get past the performance issues, um, you know, performance hiccups, and the fact that it doesn't look very pretty... This game has got so much to offer. There's a couple of systems that I'm aware in the game, but I haven't got to yet. Uh, There's some kind of monorail system. There's at least one other colony on this planet. And I suspect at some point in time they're going to be like, hey, build a monorail to connect our two places. Um, Uh, 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 Are they going to start singing the monorail song uh, to do it? (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) But, um, you know, there there is a fast travel system. You can create, like, travel points and things like that. Uh, oh, the economy is all food-based. I think that's pretty neat because it's, you know, a colony. So money's not going to be a thing. Everyone's just trying to survive. But you trade food for everything. So that's pretty cool. Um, but otherwise, yeah. MMO feeling uh, survival crafting game that, as far as I can tell, basically lets you do anything. 
but it does it all really well. It's amazing. I love this game. It was contender for game of the year for me until I played my second game. Yeah, which do which... we want to get into that? Because we just rolled over 44 minutes. So, And I know this one will push us into the two-hour mark, knowing you. <laughs> I don't mind to save it. If you want to save it, uh, I can save it. Uh, we can always save it. Okay, why don't we do that? Because I'm not sure I'm going to have very many, very much to talk about for games next week. And you're not thinking you're going to have any, right? So... Yeah, just because of uh, things going on. Sorry. We'll do that. It's fine. Uh, so I guess you guys will have to wait one more week to hear about Battletech, the Flashpoint expansion. Uh, it gives you time for it, right? It's really good. It's really, really good, guys. Like, I love it. It fixes a lot of problems I had, but I'll tell you more about it next week. Bye. Uh, speaking of fixing problems, uh, Epic has a lot of problems <laughs> to fix. Oh, yes, they do. My throat's doing okay. I was, <laughs> I was doing a good job sipping on my tea. What's left of it's cold now, though. That's sad. Oh, so shall we start uh, uh, on our news and talk about Epic Games Store? Let's do it. You're very, very angry about this, oh, so I'm going to let you that, sort of take the lead. This is such a clusterfuck of a launch that if I didn't know Bethesda already had their launcher, I would have suspected Bethesda to be behind it. They <laughs> okay. They do not have reviews on their store. At all. No community uh, functions. At all. Not even something as basic as a fucking search bar. And the guy that that was, uh, oh, that is still behind Steam Spy, uh, that's the director for this. Which, you know, turns out he is a Steam Spy now. <laughs> yes, that would be... Worked on this for well years? Played. What the hell were they spending all that time on? So, oh, let's just start on the positives on this, all right? And then we'll uh, dive back into the negatives, all right? Uh, the Epic Store, I've been doing a fair amount of reading in between everything. So this is part of the reason why I don't have a lot of games to play, because there was a lot to dive into on this. I mean, the show notes are going to have, what, a half a dozen different links? Yeah, I think there were seven. So, the positives on this, which I borrowed from last week's topics when we didn't get around to that, was uh, mostly on the developer side of things, where they're being very generous with the pay cut to developers that come to uh, the uh, Epic Store with a 88-12 revenue split in the developer's favor, depending on the engine that the game uses, because if it's the Unreal Engine... Uh, They'll waive that fee if it's on the Epic Store. So it definitely makes sense why uh, uh, developers are so happy about this because that is a huge cut. Even after Valve uh, has uh, actually just before they announced the Epic Store launching, uh, Valve talked about redoing their tiered uh, their their pay cut uh, from the thirty percent model to a tiered system where if you're below a certain threshold. It's thirty percent. Then it goes down to uh, to twenty five. Then twenty. Dep uh, if you go over certain tiers, but there's no other incentive. So, yeah, you know, if you're running source, you know, you're still uh, not getting a deduction on that uh, pay cut. So, it definitely uh, makes sense that developers are flocking to this and wanting in, and that's why I'm saying that it is pro developer. And really, the only pro-consumer about a thing about this that I've seen 
is that they're giving away a free game every two weeks, starting actually the day the podcast goes live with Subnautica, of all things, because that's a pretty big game, and I don't think it's ever had a giveaway like that, or even really had a really deep sale. Yeah, I'm very excited. I've I've uh, been wanting Subnautica for a while, so... And then every two weeks, a new game, but there's no clear indication on if it's free to keep or free to play for that section. So, yeah. Ooh. Interesting. I have it. Uh, yeah. With everything else about this being such a utter clusterfuck, I have no idea which way it's going to fall. So, you know, it may be just a free trial period of all things. I guess we'll have to wait and see on this. So, that, that's the that's the good things. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, how about um, them having a severe issues with their re- uh, refund policy? Uh, at least on launch, they are. Supp- Supposedly streamlining it, but it seems like all the agents haven't gotten the memo yet. I actually sent you uh, uh, the, well, I told you what the uh, requirements were, and I'm happy to try to find it on here because a lot of links. Okay, so what's the deal with the Epic Game Store refunds? Okay, some of this is pretty bog standard. This was the launch version that they've uh, since streamlined a bit, but there's not a real saying of what they streamlined outside of just it has to be doesn't have to be all of it so pretty standard things uh you know uh, the original uh display id so you know the equivalent of the steam login name or yeah that sort of thing but then you start getting some weird things like your public ip addresses um that's not a static thing for most people is it I mean, every time, no, I don't I, think so. I mean, every time my modem uh, resets, uh, it, they'll pull the new IP address immediately, let alone, you know, uh, just throughout the day, you know, it, uh, doing a refresh there. I'm not sure how often it would, but having to get the IP addresses is weird. The date that you created your account, so better remember that, folks. An invoice ID for uh, any Epic purchase, so yeah. Fairly standard, but that should be in their records. You shouldn't have to provide that outside of, you know, the particular refund you're looking for. The locations, city, state, and province where you made your purchases on your account. Okay, a little odd, but eh. The original display name, which I talked about. The last four digits on the first payment card used on your account. So better keep your old credit cards. The date of your last login, which is also a little weird. Then the names of any PlayStation, Switch, Twitch, or Xbox accounts connected to your Epic Games account, which, in retrospect, it seemed a little weird to me at first, especially when I talked to you about it, but the Epic Games Store is a a platform uh, anonymous, so it's selling games on multiple platforms. So that makes a little bit more sense to me now, but at the same time... They really shouldn't need that much information, especially since this isn't account recovery. That's the big thing. Yeah. If this was account recovery, yo, some of this information, fine. But this is a refund. This just yells to me that they're trying to, well, or at least were trying to make it so ob- uh, obtuse and so bothersome that someone uh, goes to uh, file for a refund, see the reams of information that they have to get, and just say, Fuck it, I'll just keep the game. 
right? I mean, that's the only reason I can think of outside of just them being utterly fucking incompetent about building a system. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we have the entire re- uh, lack of user reviews and the lack of uh, user forms, which the Steam Spy guy talked about how developers actively hated them and found them toxic. Yeah, okay, that's fair, but at the same time, uh, it's not like game developers have been actually releasing complete works lately. Even when you talk about AAA developers. and yet, I think especially when you talk yeah. about AAA developers at this point, but that's another discussion for another day, probably. Yeah, or in about oh, 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, fair play. Fair uh, play. But user forms, while can't and uh, while they can be filled with a lot of anger and a lot of outrage and a lot of toxicity, they're also user support. And I realize that the way Valve does it can be abused, but at the same time, giving the developers a way to moderate as well as global moderators allows gamers to come together and try to voice out problems. And it allows them to communicate something screwed up. Like we were, well, like I mentioned while you were talking about Planet Explorers, I went and looked at the recent reviews and was able to see, you know, particular issues, you know, that it didn't live up to all the promises they made. So it seems like the early access, they may have left some things out on the roadmap, uh, talked about performance issues. These are important damn things. If I'm looking at the store page, all that is marketing. I'm not seeing what actually is the uh, the internet is thinking about this game yes game reviews can be toxic yes there can be review bombs for stupid things let me just look at some of the things that hit Kerbal Space Program a while back if you want an example of that where they used the wrong pronoun and the I believe it was the Korean or the uh, Chinese uh, uh, translation and it pissed a lot of people off so they uh, started uh, review bombing it because, uh, and this was in the translation of how hard uh, can rocket science be anyway on the uh, uh, main menu. That that was the reason why I was getting review bombed. Okay, so that's a bad example, uh, or, or or I should say an example of how reviews can be manipulated, but that's the exception, not the rule. Yes, there's a lot of joke reviews. Yes, there's a lot of trash reviews. But the general trends of reviews, if you see a game that is running a 30% approval rating on Steam, and there's a lot of, you know, just low effort downvotes, but it's still that low with a lot of votes or a lot of reviews, typically, you know, that's, there's a reason for that, right? Yeah. Typically, and so since, I just yeah, and since there's sorry, and since there's no way to voice you know what's going on, outside of searching for other reviews, which let's be perfectly honest, people are lazy. If it's not on the people store page, it's yeah, they're the average person. I don't think is going to bother uh, looking at a review or looking f- for a review. If it's on the page itself, they'll look at it. But, I mean, even Valve has problems with people actually scrolling down, so they have to pile a lot of information at the title of the uh, 
page. I mean, that should tell you something. Anyway, you were saying? So I just went through the whole rigmarole to get the store. Because I've got the Epic Games uh, launcher. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I play Fortnite, Battle Royale, or not Battle Royale, Save the World mode occasionally. Mm -hmm. Uh, I haven't played it in a while, so it needed to update. And then I had to, like, re-verify all of my shit. And then it had to download the new launch or new launcher new store and so i'm actually looking at it now yeah it, it doesn't look all that uh sleep a streamline does it? it to me it looked very busy and gave uh, and at the same time gave no information um so it also has I, the problem that uh old uh that valve used to have uh, to be fair they don't exactly enforce that rule but there's a lot of games that don't have dream screenshots. It's concept art or it's uh, cutscenes. You don't know what you're yeah. buying into. So I actually think that it's it's fairly streamlined. It's definitely got some busyness to it, but I think this follows a very sort of modern design aesthetic. Like I've I've just seen lots of stuff with this when it comes to like designing sites and things. Like you know, I had my website that I had for a while, and all of like. The templates and suggestions were like a B modern and like this is a lot of stuff I see from that. I, I agree with you. Like I'm a big fan of old school web design where you have a, an appropriate amount of white space and things like that. But I do think this fits the modern description of like streamlined and, you know, aesthetically pleasing and all of that. You know, a lot of that is certainly personal taste. But then actually looking at the store, like as you go to scroll through it. It's a clusterfuck, like, huh? It's this is not helpful. Not helpful. Yeah, and there's no search but, option. This would be okay if the thing, like, at the very top did, like, what Steam did with, like, search, and it had, like, its sort of highlights. And then, yes, you could scroll, and you could see all of this stuff, and that's fine and dandy. I mean, they're, if they don't but, implement it soon, as they, well, snipe different indie games, which is something else that is highly pissing me off, they are going to have a huge discovery issue, uh, you, and... Indie games we're talking about, Valve having a problem with it. At least Valve has a way to search the damn store. Yeah, the only positive to that is that there's only 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. I guess 17 games if you count Fortnite. Oh no, wait, Fortnite's in this scroll, so yeah. For now. Did I say 16 games on the store for now? So. Yeah, but it's going to be know. a problem soon. Easy to search all of those. They have this interesting thing at the bottom, which I think is pretty neat. You can download all of their mod editors for various games. Arc, Pixar, Robo Recall, Conan Exiles, Bus Simulator, Hello Neighbor. There's a few others here. Unreal Tournament. Some of them are smaller, stuff I don't recognize. Yeah, but anyway. But look, look. they've removed a lot of the cut set. Like, okay, so it started immediately like trying to download Fortnite. Like, this is a huge download. I don't know what this is, but I can't, like, tell it. Like, I want this to be on not on my C drive because that's my small SSD mm -hmm. that's my boot drive. But that's where like, you installed. All of those options are gone for managing games. Uh, well, there's also one other thing that's uh, not on the download uh, screen that uh, you'll probably find amusing. Okay. ETA. ETA for downloads? Yeah, you don't know when the fuck it's going to finish downloading. Let me look at this. Uh, at least, I, at I, least according to the PC Gamer article, because I haven't downloaded the store yet. They may have updated it since then, but 
let me take a look at that. If I go all Roboey for a second, I, I'm sorry. But the fact that you can't change the uh, library uh, folder is also a problem. They could have put it in though. And so, no, it. I'm, I'm going to pause this again. It it doesn't. It just says uh, downloading and a percentage, and then you can go click on your downloads, and it pulls up. I kind of like this. It's got a download, read and write as it's like unpacking. Like it's got a graph that shows you. Yeah, but Valve does that as well. But, so. but this is separated out better. Yeah, true. It's it it looks better than Valve's does. Um, easier to read. But yeah, it gives you no ETA or anything. Yeah, I mean, you may be able to maybe estimate it with the percentage, but that's just stupid. Right? Yeah. I don't know what this is. Operations? Uh, that was a board game for kids. <laughs> it's like a a bar. Have you ever seen like Defraggler or something like that where you yeah. had like the little squares? It looks like that. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what this is. Is it just like writing blocks to my one of my drives and it's a visual representation of uh, that? Oh, maybe. Gotta admit that the Defragger was uh, mesmerizing back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I wasn't the only one. No, I, yeah, I used to enjoy watching it go for a while. I should probably run some defragging on my actual hard disks. It's been a while since I've done any maintenance on them. SSDs are like low to no maintenance. Yeah, uh, SSDs actually uh, are harmed by defragging. Yeah, because you only have a set number of, of writes and rewrites, so defragging thrashes that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, speaking of thrashing, how about when the EU wakes up and sees what uh, Epic Games does? Because uh, they don't comply with the, the uh, GDPR either. <laughs> I didn't read this one. What's going on with this one? Uh, it's something about how they're retaining information and also uh, passing it off to their friends and allies and uh, companies. Uh uh, it's just, I'm, I have to admit, I don't understand the nitty gritty of it, but I, I am trusting this article saying that, uh, Epic Games Store, uh, fails to comply with GDPR rep- uh, regulation, uh, regulations and may face trouble in EU. Uh, if you are located in the EU or the Epic Games entities, uh, located in the EU, process your information in the EU, then you have the right to restrict or object the pro- our processing if your personal information. The right to restrict uh, the processing arises only in limited circumstances. For example, if you think we are processing inaccurate information. In addition, if we are required to restrict processing, but the requirement is temporary, you may not be permanently obligated to adhere to your request. What does that mean? Uh, For those who aren't aware, I'm just reading the article verbatim because it's pretty short. Uh, If you're unaware, the GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation, was a law that applied throughout the whole European Union. And you may remember back in May, I think it was, when a lot of sites suddenly updated their terms of service. <laughs> uh, that's not yeah. from the article, but I think that's uh, about when it was. And it, de- it demands strict transparency between consumer and corporation. Consumers have the right to not have their data shared with advertisers, request for all existing data that the companies have on them, and other rights that the consumers are obligated to in light of major data scandals like Facebook's uh, Cambridge Analytica. The above states that if you do not wish to have your uh, personal information shared with advertisers, Epic Games will have to take it 
under consideration and even suspension of data sharing will may be only temporary or they have the right to deny that request which breaks the GDPR oh what the fuck right it <clears throat> there's one more bit underneath yeah, it yeah I saw it uh, when I scrolled down uh, the site has a little bit of odd uh, formatting uh, at least in Firefox yeah uh, companies like Sony and Apple have been made to comply with GDPR, and those companies are titans compared to Epic Games. How Epic Games hopes to get away with such an act is unfathomable and will soon face backlash from EU consumers. So, yeah, if, if Google and Apple, or, sorry, Sony and Apple have been forced to comply, yeah. which I think they should, governments uh, obviously. Uh, out, outpower, overpower companies, at least anywhere except America... Actually, that's not true. There's other places like Russia and some South Why, why are you repeating yourself? <laughs> Touche. Touche. But, you know, in real countries, the government has more power than companies. So Yeah, but, yeah. The, yeah, but the thing is that uh, you also see, you know, uh, companies uh, fighting the government. I mean, just look at uh, EA trying to fight Belgium over their loot boxes because... Uh, their FIFA cards are a large chunk of their revenue because people just can't help themselves with games, it seems. Yeah. Uh, but even con- uh, continuing on, uh, they also have a problem with their regional pricing. <laughs> uh, let's see. For example, this is what uh, currency is this? I didn't actually catch the currency on this. Which... Uh, article uh, is it uh, it's the one from uh, so, uh, so many links on this I should have uh, uh, did uh, was, uh, it is the one above the GDPR I think oh okay I see it now yeah Yep. Uh, it even says it on there something about regional pricing I just missed that yeah RP which I'm not sure what that one is but uh, for exa- example um uh, Shadow Complex is uh, over twice the price, or sorry, right at twice the price. Um, Hello Neighbor, uh, it goes for one hundred thirty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine uh, RP, which probably rubles or something. Uh, I just don't want to. I don't want to stop on this, <laughs> uh, but it's. D- 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 Four hundred fifty-eight thousand seven hundred twenty. It is that is the Indonesian uh, Indonesian rupee uh, rupee. Uh, well, so Did you pronounce I, that rupee. Well, I wasn't sure which one. So three times as much as Steam's. So the regional pricing is also screwed up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I realize that wouldn't have a big impact for most of our listeners, but at the same time, makes you wonder, huh? Yeah, and oftentimes in a lot of, of countries like that where the exchange rate is so bad, the games will actually be cheaper mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, just different economies and valuation of things. Yeah, or um, just regional pricing in general. And that's why yeah. Valve had to lock down a lot of their gifting because uh, particularly uh, Russian uh, uh, just bot farms, uh, farming up a bunch of Steam trading cards, buying cheap games and selling them to uh, launder the money. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Red Dead Redemption is also uh, uh, has a bit of a price hike uh, from the looks of things. It's just oh, what the what the hell, right? 
Or is this just a different yeah. store? Yeah, all of this is, is no bueno. Let's see, is there anything we've missed? Uh, Wait, shop games and mods? Maybe they're talking about the mod. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, mod editor. That has yeah, to be it. I think so. Uh, let's see. Miscellaneous images. Oh, oh, here's another thing. Here's another thing. Okay. Um, in order to not get spanned by email when you buy something, it's an opt-out system. Otherwise, they'll share your email address and uh, you'll get emails from the developers. Oh. That's on the PC Gamer article. By default, well, buying Hades... It will put you on a list for whatever marketing spam the developer or publisher wants to send you. You can check the box to opt out, but I just want to buy games without risking ending up with a bunch of random mailings. Let's see, clicking on any uh, game banner in your library takes you to its store page. Minor thing, but why? Uh, the note to ETA and downloads, and they also covered the uh, no search. Uh, it's just, what the hell, right? I mean, what? Oh, yeah, what? there's not a little thing for play. <laughs> like, you have to, like, if you click on it, it takes you to the storm page, or you have to click the little play button. <laughs> That's stupid. This store is bad, and you should feel bad. See why I thought, you know, if I didn't know better, I thought it would be made by Bethesda. It's in, What? Why is there a whole, like, blog page about the Unreal Engine on their storefront? Like, the Unreal Engine is a tab, and the first thing on the tab is, like, a blog? Answer Hub Forums Wiki Roadmap Blog for the Unreal Engine. Like, I get that they sell, you know, the Unreal Engine. Mm -hmm. But I assume that this storefront is designed for consumers, not for developers. Well, with it being so anti-consumer, who knows, right? <laughs> Maybe. This is weird. I don't like this very much. <laughs> I've converted you. I mean, you it, you didn't really have to do much to convert me. Aside from the fact that it like, is shiny and shiny is cool, everything about this storefront is bad. That's not saying that it's unfixable, but oh, it's such a rough state. Yeah. Just going to minimize that. It's just unfoundable how something could launch in this state, especially after supposedly being in development for years. Just where did they spend the time? On making it shiny. Well, uh, Mythbusters did pr uh, prove that with enough elbow grease and the right technique, you can polish a turd. <laughs> yep. And that's what they did here. They polished that turd hardcore. So any thoughts? I mean, you're very angry about this, as I can tell. Well, um, I hate it. I, I hate see the, where I hate the anti-consumer nature of it. Yeah, and I, I kind of wished that we could uh, resurrect Total Biscuit to throw at this, but I think he would uh, just uh, explode. He would die again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just I don't like the way that this looks. I don't like it. Overall, I just don't like it. It's not good, guys. You could have done way better. What were they thinking? Well, uh, oh, we didn't even talk about the games themselves, did we? I, I mentioned it, but no. uh, they've been poaching the games. 
So, dur- oh, yeah. so during the Game Awards, which I admit I only watched part of because uh, I got a little bored of them uh, awarding every single award to Red Dead uh, uh, Redemption 2. So. Yeah, and that game sucks dick. <laughs> I know I'm an extreme minority on that. I'm considering making it the worst game of the year, but I realize like I'm the minority, so I don't I think that would just me being me being a, an ass. An uh, obstinate ass. Uh, but I don't, uh, so, I don't like so welcome to uh, being the minority. So for me it's Skyrim. Yeah. Uh but to be fair, I think a lot of people now with Fallout uh, 76 is which I realized I would be a good segue, but we're going to keep uh, going. <laughs> uh, or having some uh, a sort of a retroactive look at Bethesda's catalog and are starting to take a little bit more of a critical eye to their games. Rightfully so, I might fucking add. I agree. I agree. But I've never been someone who's been disillusioned with them. Like, I love the Elder Scrolls series, but it's more about what the series is itself, not one particular game. So, like, but when it comes to the games, like, I'm not like, oh, my God, they're amazing. What are you talking about? All of these problems. It's like, yeah, no, the games have lots of problems. Absolutely. I just still love them despite those problems. Uh, they're playable if you, you know, throw 50, 100 mods at them. And, and of course, the consumer patch. <laughs> the the most important one of all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway... During the Game Awards, there were several games that announced either being Epic uh, Game Store exclusives or timed exclusives for a year. And a couple, I know Satisfactory was one, actually completely pulled their Steam version, their released Steam version, to go Epic Store exclusive. Or I'm not sure if that one particular is timed exclusive or not, but what? Yeah. Um, I mean, one, that's stupid. Two, I mean, I if Epic threw enough money at you, I mean, I understand, sure. especially with the price uh, uh, cut a lot more in your favor, because it would be an extra uh, probably about fifteen percent for him, but. Volume. Yeah. I've realized that you don't have as much competition on the Epic Store, but you're also... Well, maybe I'm being wrong with this, because uh, Fortnite's uh, shift, uh, shifting through there now, isn't it? So maybe they're getting, hoping to get the uh, volume there? Maybe, but this seems like a very short-sighted decision. Like, short-term gain, long-term loss kind mm-hmm. of thing. I mean, maybe not. They might not suffer any long-term consequences from it. They're on, you know, the Epic Store for however long, a year, and then they go back to Steam also. Yeah, which uh, some of the uh, people say, are saying that I'm not buying these games now. I mean, I mean, I mean I there's, a, there's a real difference between what people say and what people do. Because I always remember the uh, what Modern Warfare was it that was saying... Uh, uh, boycott with no, uh, if no, uh, dedicated servers, and has the screenshot of the Steam group for that boycott, and eighty percent of the people visible are playing that particular modern warfare. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all for people like, you know, buy games forever. Don't just buy games on Steam because it's on Steam. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be platform loyal because of that. 
But the biggest draw that Steam has at this point is that there's so many games there. And I hate having a half a dozen storefront launchers on my PC to play my games. Like, it's just frustrating. And I know that you can... Well, does does the Discord game launcher work with the Epic launcher, too? Uh, actually, I'm not sure. They might fix that, you know. And, and that's sort of, an, you know, a way to ease it a little bit. And there's a couple like, uh, third-party programs that will uh, pull from uh, your various libraries. But, you know, those are extreme uh, niche things. I, yeah. I, I forget half the time that, you know, I have, like, games in um, GOG, for example. That's a good one. And that's a big... Uh, uh, storefront and I forget to go check there whatever I'm uh, you know trying to pick out what I want to play or you know fire up you play and you know uh, watch it uh, down, uh, download a bunch of updates because I haven't launched that in a few months was Rebel Galaxy Outlaw oh, on Steam already uh, the original was uh, but uh, but uh, the sequel is going uh, Epic Games yeah, Store Atlas, uh, uh, exclusive for a year which you know I was at least somewhat interested in that uh, just because of some of the uh, stuff that they seem to be doing to make it a little bit more uh, uh, freelancer-ish, but fuck it. I'm not messing with the Epic uh, Game Store outside of maybe getting the free games. I was just trying to see if they pull it from Steam or... Well, a lot of games are just uh, saying, you know... uh, to. uh, coming soon because i think a lot of them are if they're not under some sort of contract because who knows uh, they're kind of riding out to see you know what exactly happens in this exclusivity if they got in and i mean coffee stain studios are uh, were being real dicks about their move uh, i should have gotten that uh, video and had you watch it because oh he was a uh he was an ass about it which yep, that's the so, that, that's the maker of satisfactory, and you know, not going to be playing satisfactory now. Uh, not just because of the Epic Game Store thing, but yeah, fuck that guy, fuck that guy in particular. Yeah, yeah. So there are a lot of people on the Rebel Galaxy uh, Steam discussion page Uh-oh. griping about it being an Epic Store exclusive. Well, I guess they're Most, I guess they're feeling justified about not putting the forms on uh, the Epic uh, Game Store now. Yeah, I guess so. The general consensus I see from this twenty-page thread, from just skipping around a little bit, is fuck them in particular. Um, yeah, most people complaining about all the stuff here that that you're complaining about here, that they don't want to support them, they haven't earned any trust. It's frustrating that it was pulled from Steam. Um, they're going to wait for it to come to Steam or GOG before they buy it. I mean, again, you know, what people say and what people do are two different things, mm-hmm. but at least in this little community, there are a general consensus that this sucks. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, it does suck. Like, platform exclusive ex- exclusivity has never really been an issue on PC. But it seems like the more yeah. things get segregated into their little storefronts, yeah, especially that since, you are going to see that. Yeah, especially since the big uh, publishers have started doing their own thing with their own launchers and their own uh, storefronts. At least, yeah. uh, for the most part, EA was kind of the outlier there until Bethesda recently. Uh, they've also been playing ball with Steam uh, to get more eyes on their product. 
Yeah. But damn. I think the biggest issue that I have with all of this stuff is the security concerns. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, it. yes, if you have one thing and one thing only and it does get hacked or cracked or whatever, then you're fucked. Mm-hmm. But having to have multiple things that you have to have usernames and passwords for and email addresses and it's like, sure, you could use the same password for everything. But if they get one, you lose everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, frustrating to have to try and keep up with all that security. Yeah, and uh, does Epic uh, offer two-factor verification? I do not see anything on here about two-factor authentication. Uh, Authentication, sorry. Not close enough. They do have a system for, like, they send a a thing to your email address, it looks like, because I had to do that when I re-signed in. But there's nothing for mobile, it looks like. There's nothing for using, like, what is it, the Google Authenticator yeah. with the QR codes. So, I mean, I guess they'd have two, two-factor two authentication with... With the email, yeah. Um, with the email, so yeah. So, technically, yeah. Oh, but... Oh, what an absolute mess, huh? Yeah. Talked about this for a long time, buddy. You get that off your chest, you feel a little bit better? Yeah, maybe a little. Okay. Um, I don't really have anything else to add. I mean, I didn't know as much about it as you did. Well, um, well I've been reading about it this uh, past week. And just, it's yeah. been a trickle of information coming in since uh, they announced it. And, uh, yeah, the guys at the Valve office must be uh, feeling like they have real egg on their face. Because Valve does this big giveaway to get people to watch uh, on uh, their store page and... Uh, they have all the games that are on sale, uh, and yeah, uh, all the announcements get other things on there as well. So you know, it's a big uh, mini or a big mini sale, but you know, a big event for Valve, and they do a giveaway as well. If you're watching, you know, there's a chance that you get one of the games announced or uh, that's up for an award, uh, and uh, for, that's also in the sale. And you know, they're just doing uh, Epic Game ex- Epic Game Store exclusive, uh, Epic Game uh, Store exclusive for a year. Yeah, it's just massive <laughs> uh, advertising for this new storefront on Steam itself. Yeah. Um, that's one maybe final angle or point that just popped into my head. Like, what if, you know, what if there's some sort of backlash from Valve about this? Like, what if they're like, you know what? Fuck you and anyone who's associated with you. And they, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know exactly what they could do beyond just like, you know, to the companies like, okay, well, if you did this Epic Store exclusive thing, uh, you can't put your game on Steam or something like that. I mean, like Epic Games is a big studio. They do a lot of things, but they don't have the sort of fuck you money that Valve does. Yeah. Uh, I honestly hope that they don't do that just because... I think it'll just start a war between them and Epic Games, and uh, gamers will be caught in the crossfire. I mean, I agree with you, and I hope that they don't either, but what if they do? Like, that's sort of a, you know, maybe just like, that's more speculation, yeah. and just like a thought exercise. Yeah, I, think, it, still, I like, think it's something that they could do, but I think that it would come back to bite them more than anything else, because it would portray them as the bad guy in this. Especially since there's so many games on Steam already that they're that they have the discovery issue. Yeah. So uh, locking games out that uh, are going to another storefront for that particular uh, 
uh, issue because there are so few games and at least for the time being, Epic Games seems to be trying to curate and uh, going after the bigger name uh, indie games. Uh, you know, uh, put the uh, games that are pushing the double A standard. That I think it uh, would backfire on Valve if they tried to do that. Yeah. Now, what Valve could do is try to, uh, you know, uh, the old adage, you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. So maybe try to uh, sweeten the deal for indie games, but since they just announced their new tiered launch uh, or their tiered uh, system for payment, I'm not sure there's much that they could do, especially since they uh, waited it towards trying to save the triple A's from leaving. Yeah. Uh, because that was always the big thing was, you know, if a company is big enough where they could do their own thing, why would they give valve 30%? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't think I've come across this way. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Valve needs competition for Steam. Oh, definitely. But I, when I'm, you sort of serve that, up... Yeah, I'm not saying that the Epic Game Store is bad because it exists. I'm saying that's bad because of how it launched. Because it's bad. It's bad because it's bad, not just because it exists as competition mm-hmm. to, to Steam. Exactly. So, I, I don't think that we've come across that way, but I just, like, feel like we should make that point. It's right here at the end, but, you know. Yeah. Everyone on here that's a regular listener knows that we have many issues with Valve, but it's like, well, Steam's like the best we've got, so needs more competition, but if you're going to compete with them, you have to do something that's better, not worse. On pretty much every single front possible, except for how the pay cut is. Yeah. And even so. then, that's uh, depending on the game engine. So that went on longer than I expected it. Indeed. Um, let's move on to our next news topic, or a couple of topics, with Bethesda uh, and their continuing failures and issues. Uh, the conga continues. So uh, Bethesda, last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was in the last couple of weeks, finally caved, and we're like, okay fine we'll make your your canvas bags that you want and you could which they should have done them. in the first place <laughs> which they should have done in the first place but they finally caved and decided to do it and they were like you know just submit proof of your receipt or you know proof of your purchase uh if you want a bag and we'll you know we'll get it sent to you when they're ready and and part of that was they had to give in some of their you know their information for shipping details and stuff well, someone discovered that when you do this, uh, you can see everyone else's information who has submitted before you. So, yay, <laughs> Bethesda. Uh, do you design your websites like you design your game? No, 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 no. Games? Don't you understand what they're doing here? The sheer brilliance of this? No, no, no. <laughs> okay. 4D chess me, my good man. They're crowdsourcing their bug fixes now. <laughs> oh. Uh, before nice. they had the community just fix the games, now they're having the community fix their customer service. Uh, but in seriousness, Bethesda, you festering piece of dog shit. What the fuck is wrong with you? You are supposed to be a triple goddamn A publisher slash developer. It is no 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 it 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 not it isn't an embarrassment. 
It was an embarrassment a fucking month ago. Now, it's just sad. I was about to say, it's just sad. You just got there faster. Yeah, I mean, their official I mean, statement the was... Utter fuck. Their official statement was, we experienced an error with our customer support website that allowed some customers to view support tickets submitted by a limited number of other customers also during known as a brief all of them. exposure window. Yeah, all of them. I, I mean, it, it's a limited number in the sense of like, I mean, there's only so many people who wanted their bag and had other issues. With there there was support. only so many people that were complete rubes to pay $200 for Fallout 76 when it was becoming uh, ever the clearer that it was an absolutely empty, dismal, boring, broken well, pile of shit. Well, I, I could actually kind of understand someone buying the collector's edition because if they really liked the bag and really liked the helmet... Those are more unique items that would be more difficult to have created for you or <laughs> okay, to find maybe, something like it. Maybe. Like, I get that angle, but yeah, the gar- the game is garbage, so fuck that shit. Now, okay, now the real question. If you were forced to play one of the games, Fallout 76 or Red Dead Redemption 2? Red Dead Redemption. Wow. As much as I hate that game, <laughs> at least it works... And has a story. Oh. Actually, is there a third option? Can I just shoot myself? Uh, Can I just end it all now? (laughs) Ow, I just hit my elbow on my desk. Oh, there's your third option. Just cripple yourself. It hurt. Yeah, I fucked up my arm. I can't play. Actually, that's not true. I could get the... The disable controller from Microsoft, whatever that thing's called. <laughs> the adaptive the controller? Disability. Yeah, the adaptive controller from Microsoft for people with disabilities. Or, or are you just going to call it the controller? Or are you just going to call it the cripple controller? Oh, the CC. <laughs> the MC. No. my The MSCC, the Microsoft crippled controller, coming to a store near you Christmas 2018. <laughs> For one forty nine ninety nine. <laughs> Don't have any arms? Missing some fingers? Well, have we got a product for you? Just step right up. You'll be playing your games step, again that, in no time. Wait, wait, wait. Step. That's ableist. <laughs> well, I'll have you know that this controller is only for people who have problems with their hands and arms. If your feet don't work, you're just fucked for that. I guess you could roll on up in your wheelchair. <laughs> have somebody carry you. I'm going to hell. Anyways. Oh, but this is just pathetic. That and also the Bethesda thing's bad as well. <laughs> yeah. The other portion, I mean, there was two news articles to that. That one's the first one. I think that pretty much mm-hmm. covers it. Bethesda. Yeah, yeah. speaking of pathetic. Comma, just sad. Oh, so uh, there's a young gay video as well on this, but. I'm uh, linking directly to a Reddit post because it breaks down a, or links also to a breakdown of the massive sweeping stealth nerds that they <laughs> did to Fallout 76 because, you know, the game wasn't uh, grindy enough, you know? Yep. I have to cough one moment while I mute all of the things. 
You can keep talking. Uh, well, I was right oh, I was going to say that. Uh, well, for example, uh, here's some of the uh, highlights. I'm not going to go into the full things, but workshops that produce fusion cores, <clears throat> which is used for your power armor, have had their rates reduced to one core per hour from ten cores per hour. <laughs> you know, a slight nerf there. Workshops that produce ammo had had their production cap re- reduced from 400 to 200. Extractors now produce one ore uh, instead of scrap, which it takes multiple ore to equal one scrap. So this is a big nerf. Fusion cores drain quicker. Several exploits removed, which is not a bad thing, but uh, some server hopping exploits have been removed. Uh, so you can no longer jump servers to try to obtain items because it's a, a open world multiplayer game. If uh, someone went through and looted everything, you know, five minutes before you got there, you're fucked. Enemy spawns have been altered drastically. They uh, used to spawn when uh, anybody entered the area, even if other uh, players were already there. It appears that enemies now spawn if, and only if, there are no other players immediately nearby at their spawn point. Which can be a double-edged sword, but... It also can lead to a point where, you know, enemies just stop spawning because, you know, you just happen to be close by. And uh, a carry weight bug that uh, improperly calculates increases from gear, resulting in low encumbrance limits until you unequip uh, gear that boosts your capacity. You know, up, they introduced a bug. <laughs> of course, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, Fallout 76, they... Let's just put it this way, all right? To give you an idea of just how mind-numbing the game is by design, I actually had to go confirm this because this was this seemed like a, a joke. This seemed like an Onion article, all right? They have a quest line that accurately reproduces the feeling of going to the DMV. Which one is that? Uh, this is, is that the one at the shooting range where you have to go like fix everything and then? No, 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 no. You go to the DMV. Oh, like literally go to the DMV. Yes, literally go to the DMV. Then are told that you don't have the proper paperwork. Then have to go to another office in the Capitol complex, get the paper paperwork, go back, find out that you needed to get it stamped, go to a different place, get it stamped, and no. I'm not joking, by the way. Go back and then get told that this is the wrong line and the uh, robot, because of course it's a robot, because there's no human NPCs in this game, but the robots are fine for some reason, is on fucking break. What is this, a union robot? (laughs) So you have to wait for him to come off break. Actual... Questline. I may be wrong in some of the details, but it's monotonous, and it's not like the game has an issue with you know running, so you know it won't crash randomly and lose your progress, or you know it has a bad problem with autosave states, so you know it doesn't autosave nearly often enough. Oh wait, we're talking about Fallout seventy six, aren't we? Of course it does. Of course it does. You know, in a lot of other games, that would be like a weird, wacky little Easter egg yeah, that or would like be... hidden no, thing. No, 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 no. This is main story quest. No, I hear you. I'm not arguing that point. Just like 
In a lot of other games, this would be like a wacky little Easter this, egg this or something. Would, this this would have been a do. joke in like a Borderlands game. A little side yeah, quest. This, yeah. It would have been a little jokey side quest, and then you've gotten like some stupid, useless item that's like, ha ha, you waited at the DMV, dumbass. Like, that would be, you know, something like that. And that would be, like, you know, cutesy and like, whatever. But main story quest, that's stupid. I have to wait at the DMV in my real life. I don't want to do and that. And on top of that, game. if you get if the area gets nuked, you got a bunch of uh, you know, high level enemies uh, sending in the DMV now. Well, I mean that just makes it more realistic. <laughs> uh, it's just what the fuck, Bethesda. Uh, Your game is bad, and you should feel bad. Is Bethesda in an active uh, competition now with Epic to try to figure out who fucked up the most this year? Maybe, or EA. Ubisoft did okay. I disagree with a lot of their business practices, but as far as game releases and shit goes, they didn't really have any issues this year. Oh, it's just... But EA... <laughs> uh, to be unfair, I don't pay that much attention to EA these days, so... Mm. Oh, but, Fucking yeah. Command & Conquer. We'll never forgive oh, them for that. All right, Command & Conquer, that was this year. Uh, I, 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 and Anthem. Uh, well, Anthem... Not out yet, yeah. but coming. Yeah, Anthem's next year, so... Uh, what are you against Anthem now? I don't know. I have no hope for that game. Was Mass Effect Andromeda this year? Yes, I think that was this year, wasn't it? I think that was another issue this year. Well, oh no, that was last year. Well, sorry, I, my face was tired, so I I was wrong about that. Whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. Outside of just maybe they were, maybe they are fourth wall breaking and you know saying, okay, we know her facial animations suck, we know that, we don't have enough time, we don't have enough money because we're EA, we have all the money in the world, but yeah, we we need all the money in the world. Uh but yeah, <laughs> Bethesda. Uh, do, do you think we'll escape this topic and not? Well, uh, well, hopefully, Game Club will take up the whole next uh, episode. So. We won't have to talk about Fallout uh, by default, but do you think we're going to be done with Fallout for a while? No. Uh, how about this? I think we'll be dealing with Fallout 76 so, in January. So, so you're saying that we're going to be dealing with Fallout from Fallout? Uh-huh. Huh? I, I'm surprised you didn't go there. That was terrible, but excellent, and I love That's it. That's why I said I'm surprised you didn't go there. Well, I am, like, mainlining some cough drops right now. I had to mute for some more coughs. Uh, so I just didn't think about it. I will say that, uh, uh, since we are talking about Fallout, uh, the, well, new Fallout-like game from Obsidian actually looks very interesting. I'm cautiously optimistic about it. Which game is that? Uh, Outer Worlds. The Game Awards, which I haven't watched. Yeah. Uh, okay. We're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to show you this trailer, all right? Okay. And then I want uh, your reaction, all right? Uh, so, uh, quick elevator music. Uh, this is a two-minute trailer, all right? And okay. actually, we'll watch it together, and we'll have uh, uh, the thing that like we did for uh, Pokemon. Sound good? Sounds good. There you go. I'm uh, right at the start of it. Okay. So let me. Uh, so basically, start it, pause, and then we'll uh, sync ah, up. Ah, loud, loud. Okay, let me turn this down. 
All right. Uh, on uh, your mark. Get set. Go. Yeah, I'm in. (laughs) If that game was on sale, out and on sale right now, I'd go buy it right now based on that trailer. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's basically a giant fuck you when they mentioned Fallout twice and saying the original creators. (laughs) They know the audience wants a decent first-person, story-driven game. And cherry on top that uh, put me uh, from curious to cautiously optimistic... They've already said what is this? no microtransactions. Outer Wilds? So I typed, yeah, I typed in Outer Worlds into Steam. I'm adding it to my wish list. <laughs> and underneath it is another brand new game, Outer Wilds? It's not out. Huh. It's a space something or other. Oh, he's roasting a marshmallow. Marshmallow. I, want a marshmallow. Yeah, I never heard about this one. Looks very rough though right now. Yeah. I wonder if it's uh uh hang on, let's see Mobius Digital. Okay, uh the what remains of Edith Finch. So this is definitely not, you know, just someone gra- uh, you know, grabbing at a title. So hmm. uh, uh that's the first thing I always check is that you know, a, a similar title like this. Go check, but th- yeah, this is also the same developer that uh, silently released actions on the Epic Store uh, <laughs> front as well, and still has a to be determined on Steam, which is massively pissing off people. Something kind of looks familiar about this. Do do do. Go on to look up something real quick, and then we'll get back to it. But since we were talking uh, Bethesda and Fallout, I wanted to show you that. Since I know you didn't watch the Game Awards. Yeah. Okay. I've seen this before. Like, very early alpha footage on Scott Manley's channel. Mm, All right. And the footage is from 2015. So this game has been in development for several years. Mm -hmm. It looks even rougher than it does in that trailer. So... On the Steam page. I would hope so. So I guess they've made some improvements. Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of some improvements. I, I knew I'd seen that somewhere. Yeah. Uh, let me get back over to where I need to be. Nintendo rolls back its content creator program. Yeah. Uh, welc- uh, welcome to the future. Try not to. Welcome to the 21st century, Nintendo. Yeah, try not to break it. <laughs> So, so, I mean, yeah. <laughs> in a nutshell, Nintendo had a really shitty revenue-sharing program if you wanted to create content for them. Otherwise, they basically just copyright-struck everything that you did. Oh, well, it wasn't copyright-struck. They uh, uh, claimed content. Take down. No, no, they, cl- yeah, uh, they, they claimed it. But the, here's the thing is that it wasn't just yo know, content creators. So if you're doing a Let's Play of the new Mario game, for example, they, they would grab that if you weren't part of their club. But... Where they were getting into trouble was, you know, podcasts would uh, do video content. If they showed the trailer for a game for you know, a few seconds in a multi-hour video, 
they'll grab it and take the entire thing. Yeah. Which is, I believe the term is fucked up. So they've changed it, and uh, I'm just going to go over the official uh, announcement. We'll go this point by point. You may now, you may now monetize your videos and channels using monetization methods separ- uh, separately specified by, t- by Nintendo. Other forms of monetization of our intellectual property for commercial pr- uh, purposes are not per- are not permitted. So, saying essentially. Okay, videos are okay, but you're selling t-shirts? Uh-uh. Eh-eh. Which is fine, okay? In my opinion, at least. I mean, I realize I'm saying this with my current Steam avatar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those yeah. who've never seen my Steam avatar, it's actually borrowed from a shirt from Woot. Uh, titled One Spicy Meatball. Uh, it's a piranha yeah. plant that is looking very happy with a Mario hat sitting at the base of the pipe. And I'll let you fill in the details. Well, I mean, clearly he didn't get Mario because mm-hmm. he left the hat. He just got whatever poor sap <laughs> oh, the oh, hat was puppeting th- around. This is true. This is true. But I mean, I guess the piranha plant doesn't know that. So, mm-hmm. uh, so the hat's trying to uh, stealthily uh, slide away. <laughs> yeah. Have we ever determined what Mario is exactly? Because we know uh, the host isn't human. Mario is magic essence of childhood happiness and wonder. I don't know. Some uh, some Mario games may, uh, uh, yeah, may not uh, be that much. <laughs> Especially if you got them on the CDI. Whew. I've seen those games thanks to, was it the AVGN <laughs> yeah. that did it? Yeah, Angry Video Game okay. Nerd. Yeah. Oh, almost as bad as the Zelda ones. Those those were real bad. I've actually played one of those. Oh, you poor thing. Anyway, we encourage you to create videos that include your creative input and commentary. Videos and images that contain mere copies of Nintendo game content without being a creative input or a commentary is not prohibited. So essentially, real uploading trailers and that sort of thing. Or just... Uh, actually, this would also include the genre blank game the movie so all the cutscenes uh, stitched together as well uh, yeah. but you may however post your gameplay videos and screenshots using uh, Nintendo uh, system features such as capture button on Nintendo Switch without input or commentary so essentially the clips from the actual Nintendo hardware a-okay but if you're ca- uh, using capture hardware or software or I would imagine emulation as well and you're just doing raw uploads or silent let's plays. That's a uh, that's a no no under this, which is a little bit skirting the line there, in my opinion. But on some other things, I understand, especially them wanting to trail things like uh, the game, the movie. So uh, not wanting the story for the next Zelda game uh, spoiled just by uploading all the cutscenes. Uh, assuming that they don't keep up with the more open world aspect where it's the journey and not the destination for the next Zelda game, which actually would be surprising if they did it again and they didn't go to a more uh, uh, a structured uh, Zelda game next time. But that general idea, I should say. <clears throat> yeah. You are only permitted to use Nintendo game content that has been officially released 
or from promotional materials officially released by Nintendo, such as product trailers or Nintendo Directs. So, no leaking, pretty much. If you want to use intellectual property of a third party, you're responsible for obtaining any necessary third party permissions. Pretty bog standard there. You are not permitted to imply or state your videos are officially affiliated or sponsored by Nintendo. Okay, understandable. And, of course, we reserve the right to remove any content that we believe is unlawful, infringing, inappropriate, or not in line with these guidelines. So, basically, if we think it's bad, you're bad. I mean, I don't have a problem with most of this. There's a couple, you know, kind of borderline issues, but overall, I think it's a fairly solid set of guidelines. Yeah, I agree. Especially considering uh, um, coming from the, uh, you know, their content creator program where uh, you were you were giving up a percentage of a percentage. So already, whenever you uh, create a video <coughs> and you have ad revenue on it, YouTube off the top takes, uh, I think it's uh, the standard like 30% or so. It also depends on your channel size, your uh, demographics, that sort of thing. So all the percentages are a little bit variable. Then Nintendo comes in and takes up over half of it. Uh, they got the 60 and you got the 40, right? Or am I getting it backwards? Uh, I can't remember yeah. which was which. But it's still a substantial chunk even if it's 40. Yeah. So you're still well under half of what you would have gotten anyway. I think it for around this. I think for standard channel when all this came out, you were only getting a quarter of the your original ad revenue because mm-hmm. you got you know you you got your split with Google and then they took something like half. So if you were like a standard content creator, yeah, then you then got there around twenty five percent. Yeah. See, but yeah, you got around like twenty five percent of what mm-hmm. you originally should have been given by the time it was all said and done. So. And it got worse if you were part of an MCN or something like that. Yeah. So, which is honestly a bit of a, a old school method now. Yeah, there's not very many of those around anymore that I'm aware of, but I think there's still a few that are hanging on. Well, we'll just wait for YouTube to remove the uh, support for those, <laughs> like they did annotations. Yeah, and they're actually completely wiping annotations now. <laughs> Ironically enough. They're saying they're wiping it because not many people are using them. Um, I Every channel that I watch uses annotations. No, no, no. Th- these aren't the card things. This is the uh, frames that people used to be able to put over videos. Oh. I still see plenty of channels that use those, though. Especially on older... Con- well, uh, well, only on older content because they removed the ability to create them and even edit them. And, yeah, there's some uh, uh, Let's Play types that were using them heavily for multiple choice things. There were were people talking about whenever they removed the support for them. There was one poor sap that created a full working Who Wants to Be a Millionaire uh, game out of it. Just by linking to different uh, things and also having all the lifelines working. Yeah, I've seen that before. That's going to be gone uh, by mid-January. Woo. <laughs> Time marches on and uh, uh, disregards the past, huh? Just because they Indeed. couldn't bother trying to get it to work on mobile. I thought it was working on mobile at one uh, point. Uh, 
Or was that something different that, that, that they implemented? That, that's the I've card seen... system. No, I've seen something that's not the cards that work on mobile. You can tap on the screen. Uh, maybe they had it partially working and then an update broken and they just never bothered fixing it. Which is also, you know, a, a Google thing, right? Yeah. Uh, but we're way off topic. So uh, the Nintendo thing, I mean, I don't really have a problem with it. Uh, it's a lot more co- uh, consumer friendly. It's a lot more content creator friendly. And hey, it actually allows them to get some free advertising out of content creators like they've been throwing away for the last, what, couple of years now? Yeah, lots of channels uh, and, and it was, podcasts and stuff I listen to refuse to cover yeah. Nintendo content because they're like, I mean, we don't want all of everything to be taken down or, or you know, lose our monetization because we showed, you know, a trailer that they put out for press. So we're just going to avoid it all. Yeah, uh, the originally started striking down videos or claimed all monetization rights on videos from starting in 2013. Two years later, they introduced the creator uh, Nintendo Creators Program, which was up to forty percent. If you uh, stand alone, the share drops to sixty percent. Okay, so uh, okay, here what here's what it was. Uh, if you uh, uh, were a content creator and you were uh, part of a big group, you would get seventy percent. If you're just a standalone, uh, you would get 60%, so they would be taking 40%, which is still a, a huge chunk. It's just stupid. Yeah. And, you know, they've had it in place for you know, years now. But now it's gone. It's dead and good. So, moving on. Indeed. Uh, topics. Boosting is now a criminal offense in South Korea. And that is like account boosting, like you pay someone or pay a service to boost your account to get you items, experience, or a higher ranking. Yeah, this is uh, this seems so strange to me to uh, to create a law for this. I'm assuming, and this is probably me being completely racist on this, but this is probably related to where esports is a lot bigger thing in South Korea. In uh, the StarCraft scene, it was big news when the grand champion was not Korean. It, a, a matter of fact, I believe it, the latest one was the first. Yeah. Yep. That is correct. Um, I I mean, I don't think that that's necessarily racist. They just have a different cultural... Well, you could never tell these days. I mean, different... Yeah. I mean, I, do, I don't think it's racist. And I'm like the... You know, out of the two of us, I'm the much more PC one. Um, That's a low bar. But... <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but, uh, uh, see, uh, rant on Epic games for how PC I am. Yeah. But I mean, you know, they're just in a different place culturally with video games than the Western world is, or most of the rest of the world in general, actually, not just the West. Um, they take gaming much more seriously than we do. It would, this is akin, I think, you know, they, I mean, they take gaming and, you know, esports of the same way that, you know, we take here in America, we take football or baseball and the rest of the world, you know, f- football, um, you know, like they take it as seriously as we do that. And I, the way that I see this is something along the lines of like some sort of law or something against players, um, you know, in the, in other sports using like steroids or something. It's not quite like a one-to-one, you know, comparison, obviously, 
it's not quite an apples to apples comparison. Yeah, but mostly because this feels sort of like that because you would be misrepresenting yourself, and in you know actual you know physical sports, taking a steroid to make yourself you know look or play yeah, better. Yeah, but here's the problem with the analogy on that, is that when the person takes the steroids, they're better at the game. This uh, they get boosted up to a higher rank, but they still have the skills from when they were you know. It, um, let's just say it, they get boosted up to a uh, gold and X game from when they were in copper. They're still a copper yeah. player. So they're going to fall. Uh, the, uh, I see the, what you're saying. The uh, rationale behind this law is trying to protect not uh, from boosting, but the online integrity, which just seems so weird because then you have, well, maybe this is just a cultural difference, but uh, when I play online games, you always have people just dicking around. Uh, you have people intentionally trolling. Uh, to yep. Uh, back in the Team Fortress Two day, there was uh, uh, always the. It seems like on every Valve server, there was Sandwich Heavy, who would just run around and throw a sandwich to literally anyone. Which, for those who don't know, is a healing item that he carries that that heals a substantial amount actually. So, uh, but it has a long cooldown to be able to, you know, it takes him a while to make a new one, you know, because he keeps eating it. But. So I see what you're saying, but it's actually the same or a similar sort of thing. So person takes steroids. They're better than they should be, like, naturally in the game. Versus person is boosted up. They're worse than they should be naturally in the game. It's like, it's. It is two different outcomes, but they have or, or two different ways to have the same outcome because it upsets the balance of the game. Uh, maybe I'm just saying be. that uh, if they uh, are so concerned about boosting, are they going to uh, worry about people trolling or people uh, uh, feeding uh, in uh, a game like League of Legends or Dota? Uh, it, uh, I should I say we'll intentional see. feeding because. Uh, I hate using the slippery slope analogy, but yeah, you know, this just seems like such a niche thing that maybe they'll look at other things as well. I mean, I suppose we're just going to have to wait and see, you know, it, it this seems a little pointless to me, like why? Yeah. But at the same time, like their culture approaches this very differently from our culture and comparing it, you know, the sports analogy, like, okay. Although my response to that was always like, well, why not just create a separate league and everyone who wants to do that, like, do that. Mm -hmm. So why not have a separate league yeah, of or, all the people who found out we're boosters and Well, that's what they do with cheaters. Yeah. And hackers, they'll uh, face them against one another, which, honestly, that's an eSport I want to see, all right? I want to see the eSport where it's all the people that are using all the hacks and all the cheats facing off against one another. Because personally, I think it would be fascinating, uh, depending on the game. That would be interesting. Uh, Hacks or sports. Then we'll, we'll workshop the title. That was real bad, but uh, bad for even you. <laughs> well, just have <laughs> it yeah. at one of the hacker conventions, uh, like DefCon yeah. in Vegas. Yeah, the DefCon esport. Uh, it would be uh, really interesting uh, for I think first person shooters. And be able to have some sort of overlay with what the players are actually seeing, so you can see all the hacks that they're running. Yeah, you know, see all the wall hacks, all the uh, weird uh, uh, physics hacks that they're running, that sort of thing. 
aimbots. <laughs> See how the aimbots face off against each other. <laughs> uh, that that brings me back to TF2 again. There was always the. Uh, oh, I shouldn't say always. Uh, occasionally, you would run to someone that would be running an aimbot, and they would have it set so it was painfully obvious. Probably my favorite one that I would see occasionally. And it, it it was one of those things that it was kids getting a new account, uh, going to aimbot as long as they could because they were using the free version that actually advertised the aimbot in chat. <laughs> so you do what was going on. If you do you know, uh, what that uh, alignment that kept getting spammed and spammed and spammed every time they got a kill. But, okay, it would usually either be a sniper or a heavy, because usually the aimbot has some sort of thing where it would uh, make it so that the damage drop-off was also uh, gone uh, gone away, or the uh, cone of damage for the heavy's uh, uh, machine gun was reduced or removed. And they would have it where they would be spinning in a circle in place, and if anybody... Uh, got in line of sight, they would immediately stop, snap to him, and shoot him in the head. Yo, completely legitimate strategy, right? No way that's a bot. Yeah. Definitely not. Or the other good one is, you know, obviously uh, wall hacking. (laughs) Yo, someone comes around the corner, and the person steps out and fires, and uh, steps back uh, behind the corner. Yo, obviously not uh, a cheater, right? When it happens, uh, definitely not. When it happens several times in a row, y- yeah, I will. <laughs> we'll say that's happened a couple of times for me playing Call of I Duty. I mean, every, with... I mean, every so often, yeah, yeah, bad luck. But yeah, when it happens, yeah, three, four times in a row, it starts to become a pattern. <laughs> yeah, Ugh, but yeah, it's just this just feels like a really, really weird situation. It does feel weird, but it's, you know, the reason we we put it up here was it's like, it's just a it's a head interesting look at, yeah, at how a different culture approaches video games, you know, mm-hmm. something we're extremely Makes me wonder what with. they think about loot boxes. Don't, don't they have lots of loot boxes and microtransactions? Uh, and mobile games, but well, I'm not sure about, uh, you know, what they're, because gaming is such a weird thing. It's so fragmented as well whenever you really think about it. Because you have the sports games, you have the bubble games, you have the AAA games, you have the indie games. And just those four big camps, there is overlap, but not as much as you would think. Yeah. I mean, it would be like a uh, person that uh, likes movies, only ever watching a particular genre and never watching anything else. Does it happen? Yes, but it's a lot more rare, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Music's probably a better ex- uh, example of that, where you know there'll be a genre fans that will have one or two other things, but uh, yeah, it uh, is uh, also is segregated. But yeah, just it's a odd thing for a visual medium that's as big as it is. Yeah, and can have wildly different uh, practices in. Uh, standards. So, speaking of different standards, Indeed. I, was, uh, I wasn't going for the segue, but then I realized what the, was up next and thought, yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. Uh, so, Steam has bugs. 
there should be a comma there, comma, and issues with adult content again. Yeah, so, um, uh, in the Christmas episode, um, uh, the nice list, uh, scratch one off, I guess. Uh, I guess it depends <laughs> on, uh, what happens this week because they, there has been an announcement that, uh, well, uh, oh, uh, one of the developers did say that Friday Valve is going to have a blog post or something uh, addressing this. So, yeah, uh, don't, scratch them out with pencil so we could erase the scratch out uh, just in case. But uh, let's go ahead and uh, talk about the adult games since I led up to that. Essentially, they're banning lolis or banning characters that have a questionable age, which also includes high school students. So if your visual novel that has boobies in it, or even hints of boobies, because uh, some of the games that's been removed has been the uh, all-ages version, but there's a patch available. If it's set in a high school, eh, out. So you're uh, the professional here, and more than one sense for this. Your thoughts? Well... Feeling conflicted. I mostly don't like. I don't. Mo- I mostly don't like this. Yeah, uh, yeah. I censor- understand they want yeah, the censorship uh, on the face of it. Yeah, I, I, I mostly don't like it. I can understand them saying like, you know, okay, we don't want there to be underage looking people or you know children or people with the appearance of ch- being children because uh, you know lollies appear to be very young. In, in anime. Uh, usually prepubescent. Uh, yeah. And, and they don't want that. They don't want to have to deal with that. I get that. Um, but about but otherwise, the rest of it just feels like... Yeah. It, it sounds like Valve's overreacting again. Or... Yeah. Uh, another possibility is that there's some sort of culture clash going in, uh, or, or a corporate uh, struggle going on within Valve, because... Valve has a very odd uh, corporate culture where it's a very flat chain of command. Uh, first you have God, then you have Gaben. <laughs> One and the same, honestly, <laughs> if we're being honest here. Uh, and then it kind of becomes a, a pretty flat structure when it comes to power where people could go do their own things and have their own projects. A lot of times it works out well, but then you get infighting between the different groups, and we end up in a situation like this where one group will be uh, banning things or removing things, and the other one will be saying, no, 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 it's perfectly okay, it's perfectly okay. And the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Or actively fighting one another. Right. And then Gaben's in, in the box gets full again. <laughs> and, and then he has to search. What are lolis? <laughs> oh, let's be honest. Gaben knows, right? Oh, yeah. He definitely knows. But, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose this is another thing. Like, we'll see how it develops over the next, you know, however many days or weeks as there continues to be sort of this back and forth, like, backlash and struggle and whatnot. Yeah, and also but... some uh, visual novels particularly are uh, uh, postponing their releases on uh steam just to see you know what the hell what i want to know is how this affects certain games like for example if my heart had wings Mm -hmm. is you know a story about people that are all high school aged and or is it college age Uh, no it's high school yeah so they're all high school aged like 
what do you do with that? Like by default, there's not nudity in that game, is there? Like you have to get uh, no. the uncensored patch, uh, right? Uh, actually, yeah. for uh, if my heart had wings, it, there's not even an official uh, adult patch for the English version. You have to. Uh, oh, okay. You have to do a lot of uh, jumping through hoops to get it to work. Obviously, I did because okay. I know about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, and also, but, but this is also a uh, an outlier as well because. Usually, when you have games uh, talking about you know the, the lollies are being heavily sexualized, it's usually smut. Let's be perfectly honest, porn. But in games yeah. where it's uh, if my heart had wings, for uh, as a good example, since we both did it in the game club, uh, the sex scenes have a lot of content for the plot in particular, uh, and not just plot and the you know. Eh, uh, nudge, nudge, and wink, wink area, but <laughs> it's a character development. It's uh, two people confining in one another, and then boning. Wink. But yeah, it it could uh, set a bad precedent, to be perfectly honest, and could really hurt uh, the reputation Valve was trying to build with uh, visual uh, novel games, where. Where is the line then? Because before it was any sexuality. Okay, fine. You could have an adult patch. Okay, no, you can't have an adult patch. You're gone. Okay, you could have the adult patch. You're back. Okay, uh, tits out. Everybody's fine. Oh no, no. Uh, uh, she looks too young. Uh, I don't care if she's a five thousand year old dragon. Too young. Okay, uh, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. It, it, we're getting mixed signals, aren't we? Yeah. <clears throat> it's all very. You know, confusing, convoluted. I I might not agree with a hardline stance of just like, nope, we're not going to do this. But at least that's clear. Yeah, uh, and, and also can be worked uh, with. there needs to be a set, a good set of guidelines, and guidelines that make sense. Because okay, saying no high school, well, uh, the age of consent uh, kicks in, and also you run into the problem of different cultures as well, where the age of consent wildly differs so you know where do you cut it off do you uh, push the american ideals because it's uh, valves an american corporation or uh, do you uh, look at the individual developers uh, there was the one uh, now i'm blanking on the name but it was uh, pulled over the fear that it would cater to pedophiles because it had young girls in it no sexuality in it whatsoever but uh, she's too young to be in a game. It's just Valve needs to have a clear set of guidelines. And short of Gaben uh, coming down from his throne made of of cash, I'm not sure if we'll uh, see a well laid out set of guidelines that Valve will follow. And it does make me wonder if uh, visual novels do have a future on uh, Steam until they do that. Because, you know, sexuality and uh, nudity are major portions of at least a good chunk of the visual game or visual novel uh, game genre. Well, uh, not even getting into, you know, the other booby games that are out there. The, uh, what happens when uh, Sagar and Kagura, for example? Uh, no direct nudity but it's sexualized the girls are young is that game series gone 
I uh, don't know. I suppose we'll have to find out. But you could see how slippery slope could definitely apply here, huh? Especially since yeah. Valve has been so schizophrenic about this. That's the other thing, is that they wanted to promote uh, them uh, supporting adult games. And in a way, and this is going to sound weird, maturing the medium by putting sexuality out there as well. Because before this, you know, it was really rare outside of AAA games where even that was toned down for Hollywood by Hollywood standards, I should say, where duty wouldn't be shown all, all that much, if at all. Sexuality or, or sex in general wouldn't be shown all that much, if at all. There are outliers, of course, but as a hard and fast rule, those two things didn't really appear which made the medium seem a lot more childlike. And this isn't just me wanting uh, to see Tets in video games. Okay, not completely, but still. <laughs> Although I do want Tits in video games. But it does lead a certain amount of maturity to the medium. Yes, you're going to have your porn games. Yes, you're uh, going to have your smut games. Yes, you're going to have your games that are very shallow just because you know they were able to get the proper art assets but it also allows to have a deeper meaning to their games and it allows uh, game developers to be able to paint with a broader strokes it allows them to have more say in their stories and that's what I'm really saying is that the adult video games allow video games to become more adult more mature in every way in which that implies wink 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 i got my ran all right <laughs> yeah uh, giving your th uh what's the other thing I, I guess that's uh making up for you having to carry games we played i mean you've talked you've certainly talked plenty of this episode done in other aspects too or in other places too and you did the whole game thing uh um, well, okay. well, well, there was the uh uh, or the epic game. No, 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 no. I was going to say there was also them messing around with the search algorithms and uh, completely breaking them. Good job breaking yeah. it, hero. <laughs> what? I can't quote uh, Portal for a Valve fucking up uh, their search? It, it, no, that's good. Very meta. Uh, considering there was the big thing about Portal as well this week, I didn't put it on the docket because it was just an Easter egg. Or did you see that? Uh, a little rabbit trail. No, I didn't see okay, that. Okay, CSGO went free to play, all right? Oh, yeah, the Battle Royale thing. That's and, right. And the Battle Royale, which the Battle Royale is actually pretty small by Battle Royale standards, but it makes sense because they don't want to rebuild the entire deck code and everything. Uh, there's a hidden room that people are able to figure out by using black magic fuckery. <laughs> that this particular sound uh, that's coming out of a radio says this is a triumph and people are going absolutely ape shit thinking this was some sort of ARG announcing Portal 3 and they had to actually come out and say no no just an easter egg uh, just an easter egg uh, we're not doing Portal 3 maybe they should because Artifact is burning and crashing <laughs> oh oh Artifact that part, uh, pot of whales is not staying around. But that's not on the docket. 
No, it's not. Even though uh, Artifact um, the, uh, Credit Card uh, uh, Trading Game is a uh, uh, an interesting experiment that's failing. But anyway, right? Uh, essentially, this was them messing around with the algorithms in October, and game developers saying we're seeing a lot lower search results or a lot less traffic than we usually see and Valve just dragging their feet until yep, they eventually was forced to by devs starting to release data from everything that I've been able to understand on this uh, the official statement says on October 5th we deployed some code to Steam that changed the defaults for our search engine queries to factor in sales and wishlist activity more than before uh, that was meant to uh, fix another bug preventing less relevant games from appearing in your searches. But what it actually did was de-boost similar games, bringing the platform's most popular titles down in search results. <laughs> uh, whoopsie, right? Yep. Whoopsie. Sort of fix one thing, completely break another. Ah, the Bethesda model. <laughs> also the Valve model. Yeah, but Bethesda's preferred uh, but they, it. Yeah. Some of the devs were saying that they were seeing as much as a 50% reduction in in their their sales. Yeah, especially I would imagine if it's a game that has a pretty generic title. Uh, just being lost in the uh, shuffle. Yeah. That seems pretty amazing to me, though, how much the algorithm can drive traffic. Like, it's not something you really think about. Like, we complain about it all the time. Developers complain about it all the time. It's hard to search for games and find things. But, I mean, it's driving, obviously, shitloads of traffic and sales. Just don't really think about it that much, how some small or seemingly small changes to the way it works can significantly reduce or increase revenue for a number of games. Well, I think it uh, possibly not us, not the enthusiast level. All right. What I think uh, their, their, their loss of sales was, was for the more casual gamer. So yeah, uh, two kids hang out in the schoolyard. Do kids hang out in the schoolyard still? I don't know. My kid is too young for that. I mean, he goes to school. But anyway, but... they're talking about, you know, uh, whatever game. Yeah, you know, whatever Battle Royale game's big right now. Or, you know, whatever next flavor comes up. And, you know, they say, well, it's uh, it's this game that's uh, really cool. Uh, and they either miss here or only catch part of the title. So they search either the misspelled title or part of it. And the actual game is further down the list, but they find something else that's kind of neat and go for that instead. Or they just can't find the game in general. For someone that knows yeah. exactly what game uh, you're looking for, I don't think this was going to be as big an issue. So it's one of those things where we're kind of the worst people to talk about this because for, for one, uh, we end up just either buying or getting reviewed codes for a lot of things and we have a massive library so outside of sales we don't really buy a lot of games 
right? Yeah, not really. Every once in a while, but... And also, we usually know exactly what we want. So, if we're looking for, you know, a, a particular game, we'll be able to... If we can't find it, and but we know exactly what it is, we start searching on Google to uh, find it instead. But for someone that's more casual and wants... Uh, well, there was this really cool first-person shooter I heard about. It was something duty or, you know, or something like that. And they start searching that. They may find something else. Hero's Duty from Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, and then they start uh, losing themselves in Rule 34. Wink. But yeah, I think I think we're just the wrong people to uh, see the problem on this just because... Uh, the algorithm is leaning more towards the more casual player. And I don't mean casual in a dismissive, you know, you know, fucking casuals. I mean them as, you know, casual. You know, ones that uh, don't understand that thou shall not pre-order. Indeed. Thou shalt not pre-order. Uh, but anything else on this? I don't think so. Um, Which brings us to Community Corner. Indeed it does. Unless you want to shit on uh, Artifact for a bit. (laughs) Nah, I'm good. I'm actually starting to get a little bit sleepy, so we heading into the last, you know, the final couple stretches of the show would be good. All right. So, uh, we had the Community Corner this week. We have a listener question. I had someone ask me on Steam, uh, or on, you know, chatting with me on Steam, looking into uh, building their first custom PC. Uh, not a lot of money. Uh, or, you know, smaller budget, I guess, is the more appropriate way to say that. And they were asking me about um, buying graphics cards if they came out of a crypto mining rig, because I'm our, I guess, amateur or hobbyist level crypto miner. And I thought that would be a good question to answer, because, like, what really, you know, goes into the life of a graphics card and how bad can crypto mining be Pain for it? So I know some stuff. <laughs> so heat. I know some stuff from Definitely what I heat. do myself. Um, and then I did a little bit of research. Um, you know, some of this, like there's a lot of people who say basically both sides of this. So this is one of those things that it might be your mileage may vary. It might depend on the card, how good the batch of all the materials was when they were created but I think based on, you know, a combination of experience and then some research, this is probably a pretty decent rule of thumb or sort of a decent sort of basic okay. guide to what to do. So when it comes to picking up cards that you know for a fact or have pretty good suspicion they were in someone's mining rig, uh, a couple of things to consider. Um, almost certainly you're going to need to replace the fan on that card. Uh, it's the only mechanical part. All the rest of it, just heat and, you know, electric current. Yeah, and, well, but the fan itself... Well, I was going to say, and the reason being that on modern cards, when they're not under load, the fan is either spinning very slowly or not at all. Right. And in crypto mining, either, if they just leave it by default, the fan is going to be spinning all the time anyways. But typically crypto miners will set the fans to spin at 100% all the time just to help keep heat down anyways. So you're almost certainly going to have to replace the fan. 
So when it comes to looking to buy a, a graphics card that could have been or definitely was in a crypto mining rig, that's something to look to look for. I would say uh, take look- it a step further. Uh, now, to be fair, I'm not well versed in crypto mining, but I would say since it's likely either not in warranty or uh, pretty soon out of warranty, or the uh, the manufacturer wouldn't uh, touch it. I would say pull the entire heat sink and swap out uh, thermal paste or thermal pads. Well, I was going to get there. Okay. Well, I wasn't sure if you're going there. So, uh, I, yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry to steal your thunder. No, you're fine. So, you know, whenever you look at these cards, look for cards that have <laughs> easy to change fans. Uh, a lot of like your MSI. Uh, Sapphire does that as other, well. Yeah. MSI, Sapphire, a lot of other yeah. sort of uh, air quotes aftermarket card cards have easier to change fans and you can buy those those fans and other parts easier yeah, than buying is actually one screw and the entire assembly comes out uh, for each fan yeah uh, really good setup i really like it so that's something to consider when buying a graphics card that was in a crypto miner or a crypto mining rig i mean you're almost certainly gonna have to change the fan you probably just should anyways if you suspect it um most fans have a, a pretty decent life in in like a standard use case you might never have to change the fan on a graphics card or a case fan or a cpu fan but i mean these things are running 24 7 365 at 100% so they they will almost certainly be burned out or you know the bearings will be shot or close to it mm-hmm. then beyond that um you start to get into a lot of like well you know how much does this really matter to you Best practice would be what you said, Rage. Take you know, as long as you're not afraid of it, as long as you are willing to, yeah, I would say you know, take on the risk yourself. I would say before you buy, go to YouTube and search for the particular model and manufacturer of that card, and look to see how involved it is to pull the heatsink and be able to swap out whatever thermal compounds or products are in that. Right. Instead of uh, just buying it straight out and uh, uh, thinking that you could do it, best to know what you're getting into because some cards could be rather involved, especially when there's back plates and also uh, thermal compound back there as well, uh, doubling uh, the back plate doubling as a secondary uh, heat sink. Yeah, is actually a fairly common practice these days with cards that are running back plates, of course. Uh, for uh, yeah, d- for, uh, into actually say what a backplate is it's what it really sounds like it's another piece of metal that goes behind the graphics card and often what manufacturers will do will they'll put thermal tape on the uh usually the video ram uh but uh, usually there's a couple other uh chips back there as well and they'll sink heat to the backplate and use the passive airflow of the case itself and use it as a secondary heat or heat sink to be able to pull more heat off the card than just the fans would be able to flowing through the heat sink itself. And it's uh, really useful yeah. for cards that uh, have a very complex heat sink, so it could get clogged with dust. GPUs are really sad looking when you take them apart because, I mean, they're basically just a, a small board and chipset. Yeah, and a giant but shell. It just, there's so much, yeah, they just do so much work and there's so much current going through them. They generate so much heat. All of the stuff that makes a GPU look big and cool is all there just to pull heat away from the chipset. 
But anyways, best I mean, best practice would be to take it apart, replace the thermal compound, put it back together and use it then. You don't necessarily have to do that, but you could run up against thermal throttling and things if the the compound is essentially, you know, used up. I mean, it doesn't like, you know, go away. It's not like, but you know, but it, it can lose its effectiveness over time. So replace that. But something that like, you don't really have to worry about the GPU itself in general, like the actual chipset and the board and things going bad. Um, that very rarely happens. Capacitors. Something that the, well, something that the mining community does is they will undervolt their cards um, you get a, a more bang for your buck that way in terms of like reducing power consumption and heat versus how much output you still get from the card. I mean, obviously, if you undervolt it, you're not getting its full potential, but in doing so, the the savings are are better uh, than the loss that you get from uh, not running the cards at maximum capacity. So that does help extend the life of the card. Also, when it comes to capacitors and things, when they're at full charge, this is something there's a little bit of disagreement about, but when they're consistently being used as a, opposed to being sort of the stop start of what a, a GPU does under like a gaming load or mm-hmm. whatever, um, they're, uh, it will not extend their life, but they don't undergo quite as much, you know, of the extreme well, I went, well, up and down. I wasn't down. thinking the load, I was thinking the heat. Right. Well, I mean, anyone who's actually got a, a, a well-put-together set-up mining rig, I mean, it's going to be hot, but you're not going to be running them too hot. Like, you're not going to be running them beyond their heat capacity Yeah, all but the that's time. the thing, is that these cards, as uh, much of the uh, design work that they do to be able to sink the heat and uh, get it away, they're not designed for 24-7 use. They're designed for... You know, a few hours or maybe 12 hours. I'm actually not sure of the you know strict design specifications, but they're not designed to do this. So I do think that there's, uh, if there's any flaws in the design of the card, a mining rig will show it a lot sooner. And yeah, you, and that's you, the thing. And you may see uh, miners starting to drop a lot of cards and that would be suspicious, uh, and I would recommend against getting at least those cards. But that yeah. may also drop the price of the first market cards, so you could just get them from the uh, manufacturer directly, because the miners will no longer be buying up all the cards and jacking up the price. Yeah. I mean, it is a bit of a gamble, but... You know, sort of the, I would say, the production average... Like, in general, the quality for something from, you know, AMD or NVIDIA, like your mainline graphics cards, have got high enough quality standards that, in general, you're probably going to be okay along those lines. I mean, again, this is sort of anecdotal evidence based on my own experience and the people that I've talked to about it with a little bit of, you know, additional research to shore up the areas that I wasn't 100% sure on. So, I mean, if a card does have flaws, like, you're always sort of playing that lottery, but if you can get a card for maybe, well, I mean, ultimately, you know, your budget, your money, your value. I would say if you if you could get a card for, in total, all said and done, after you've done sort of what I would recommend, like the mandatory flame flame fan replacement. Uh, I, did, <laughs> for well, I, slip, didn't, I, I didn't know they, uh, <laughs> well, well, to be fair, usually these are AMD cards, so flame may not be far off. 
<laughs> but, you know, after you've done the mandatory fan replacement and the recommended thermal compound replacement, um, you know, if you could get it for 50% or less of its current market value, I think that's a pretty, pretty good deal. But again, you know, your mileage one may vary. You are, you know, uh, playing a little bit of a lottery here. You kind of always are with used parts, but any car, you like, you know, once you get a card, you've been suspect of it being in mining, you place the fan, you place the thermal compound. If it had any warranty left at all, it's now gone because you've taken it apart. So, um, you've got really no backup on that. Uh, actually buying from eBay is pretty good with their consumer. Yeah, uh, eBay is guarantee. Uh, surprisingly consumer friendly. eBay is extremely consumer friendly. Outside of eBay, though, I'm not sure if I would, you know, do like, not use Craigslist. You know, you're fucked. For- yeah, don't use Craigslist. You know, you're you're fucked in that respect. I would say don't use Craigslist. But you know, fifty percent value or even less, I think that's a pretty good deal. Um, and you know, if that's worth the gamble to you, then totally go for it. Um. So there you go. Sort of a basic, like, should you buy a used graphics card for crypto miner? Or, you know, that might be from a crypto miner? Uh, maybe. You can. Maybe. I mean, it's not, you know, if you get the right deal and you're willing to put in some work to make sure that the basics, you know, are taken care of so that your card's not going to, you know, break down and overheat, like the one mechanical component and then the potentially wearing out thermal compound. I mean, I, I think it can be worth it Worth it if you get it for the right price and are willing to do a little work. Yeah, I would say that it's more for the high-level uh, enthusiast. I realize once you're yeah. building your computer, uh, your own rig, you're already pretty much at the enthusiast level or, you know, uh, that general area. But going uh, whole hog on this and completely tearing down a graphics card to be able to swap out thermal compounds and uh, fans, to, uh, especially if it's not a card that's really supports swapping out the fans easily then you're getting to some crazy shit then you're on my level i've done that before i've i've just like for funsies i've i tore apart uh an older graphics card i had and put it back together but the only thing left from here is like soldering together your own like custom boards and stuff (laughs) that's about all that's left once you've taken apart a gpu or taken out a, a cpu diode to play with it See, I've never done that. I did have to, uh, uh, well, on my old computer. No, no, it was actually this one. Uh, it was the original processor for the one I'm currently using. I got a, uh, well, it was really originally on loaner, but uh, CPU to just get it up and running. Well, the guy sent it to me, and he didn't send uh, the, uh, it packaged all that well. So I got the CPU and a good quarter of all the pins were bent. So I ended up spending a couple hours bending all the pins into a somewhat straight uh, shape and actually got the damn thing to work. Nice. That's, I wouldn't have even bothered. I would just been like, hey, this showed up with like all of its pins bent. I'm just going to send it back. I don't want to break it trying to fix it. Like, I don't think I would have well, done well, that. No, no, no. This was, uh, you know, it was going to be a few weeks uh, before I was able to go, uh, get a different processor. And this was uh, him, you know, not even bothering, uh, you know, uh, it screwed up. Uh, don't even bother. And I had nothing better to do. I wanted to see if I could do it. Nice. I mean, that's why I do half the shit I do. Like, can I do this? Can I figure it out? 
So I was, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast or not. I think I told you I fixed, um, my minions, her husband's Xbox controller. Oh yeah. You did uh, mention that. Yeah. I, I tore it down and I desoldered and resoldered some new rumbles, uh, mm-hmm. the little rumble motors into it. Cause they had burned up. My soldering job was a mess. I'm not very yeah, maybe good I should at, get a soldering at making gun. pretty solder. Uh, and uh, be able to do some electronic repairs. Because yeah. uh, the uh, little uh, nebulizer diffuser that I had, uh, it died actually on Black Friday. It was like, you know, uh, the corporate gods are uh, telling you, consume, because my, neb- uh, my, my <laughs> diffuser broke. And my credit card uh, company emailed me saying, Guess what? We're giving you a higher credit. Nice. Uh, yeah, but, I don't. I don't uh, do very much soldering. I want to do I some more. In, well, I didn't even send it in a warranty. I just emailed them uh, saying, "Hey, uh, I think the fan seized on it. I could, uh, I could uh, see the. Uh, well, it's a ultrasonic one, so you know it's like the water fountain. Uh, I could uh, uh, see it uh, producing a uh, vapor." And all the lights on it work. It's just there's no airflow, and I it's tough to see, but I think the fan is seized inside. Uh, and they said, "Oh, well, all right, well, we'll send you another one." So probably some sort of design flaw. So once I got the new one, and they said they didn't, oh yeah, they didn't say they wanted the old one. I pulled the sucker apart, and it's actually a modular part. So I'm probably going to end up getting a, a different fan for it and see if I could uh, fix it. It's basically a CPU fan, a little, uh, you know, a little like, uh, uh, didn't measure it, but it's a little like case fan. Really surprised me. I was expecting, you know, it being just a fan on a motor motor or something. (laughs) That's cool. So I am getting into my electronic repairs. Yay. I mean, I'm not buying phones for 20 bucks yet, but yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I still haven't successfully replaced the phone screen. I really fucked up that iPhone, that iPhone screen when I went to replace it. Well, to be fair, but, I, mean, I didn't know to what- be fair, Apple, uh, there's a uh, YouTuber I follow that he does Apple repair stuff. And the entire yeah. time he's just cursing Apple for uh, how they uh, do their design work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, it was another one. I was like, well, I'll buy this and see if I can do it. Why not? You know, I was like, but after I bought the the screen replacement, I was maybe 35 bucks in on the phone. And I took this, the screen off and the home button on at least the iPhone five, mm-hmm. probably all of them has got like a little mechanism in it. And whenever you go to pull the screen off, if you don't have the right tool to put in the mechanism, the button like comes apart into multiple pieces and it's just, I just was like, I, no, I'm not uh, going to try and put this uh, back the, together. Fuck uh, it. The home button uh, exploded like a zit. <laughs> kind of, yeah. So I just like threw it away. I was like, fuck it. I'm not, someone might fix this, but I'm not going to go through the effort of, I was mad at it. So I threw it away. Yeah, I still need to replace the battery in mine. And I just looked at the process and thought. There's a very high possibility of me screwing this up because it involves uh, a heat gun or hair dryer uh, and uh, latching onto it with a suction cup and pulling. Oh, I've got one of those little suction cups. I mean, I've got the full set of tools to take a phone apart, put it back together. 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, this is my only phone. This isn't one I bought for twenty bucks. I got my little spudger, and I got my teeny tiny screwdrivers, and I got well, I have my a set of pre- suction I cup. have a set of precision screwdrivers. Uh, when I got uh, my screwdriver uh, set, I decided to spend another five bucks and got the big screwdriver set. So I got he- uh, hex screwdrivers. I got the uh, cheapo set of uh, precision uh, uh, screwdrivers. You got the ones for the torque screws. Mm-hmm. I got those. Uh, the I, ones that are shaped like triangles. Yeah, I, I think I got those. I don't know what those are called. Uh, security screws. Yeah, I've got. Uh, I, it actually has uh, hole punches in it <laughs> for like leather or something that I used to help uh, my neighbor unclog her vacuum. Yeah, because she, uh, because these she are like had special a, a, a hairball in her vacuum that was the size of a cat. Pretty sure she didn't own a cat, or at least uh, you know anymore. Uh, but yeah, these are very tiny screwdrivers. Very very tiny. But I think we're done on this topic. So if you were to co- uh, to contribute to the community corner, you could send an email to us, vgopodcast at gmail dot com. Assuming that still works, right? <laughs> we we uh, or you could just tweet it to us at vgopodcast on the Twitter. So assuming you don't have to hit the elevator, music. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good. We'll we'll fly through this discovery queue and okay well it'll be my bedtime speaking of flying through the discovery queue instantly a game you always get one instantly well i also pull up my discovery queue and have the first game loaded whenever we're bring up the music but my first game's usually a pretty good one and it holds true again or at least i should say a pretty good looking one mutant year zero road to eden I'm just going to... Oh, I've seen that game here lately advertised. That looks very... A tactical adventure game uh, uh, combining the turn-based combat of XCOM with story, uh, exploration, stealth, and strategy. Sounds very interesting. Uh, There are some people saying in the reviews that it has some balancing issues and some strong difficulty spikes. But it's also a... I would say in the double a price range it's released recently and it's uh yeah released december 4th uh for 35 bucks so uh, there's a a good one right off the start yeah uh i need to change a setting i changed it for the game awards and i ended up yeah not watching on valve or on steam I changed it so I was not seeing broadcast, but now, so you got one? Yeah, I'm copying the link in right now. Gotta get down there. Oh yeah, I get down there. Override Mech City. I actually have review code for that. Oh, nice. Um, I mean, it's a, a mech game. Yeah, it's a, it's a uh, uh, it's a brawler. I yeah. have uh, that actually already in my library. I just I didn't get around to play it because I've been busy. I've been busy behind the scenes. Nice. I've been a busy little bee. But I mean, this looks like a fun sort of wacky, bright and colorful mech brawler. Yeah, I, I think game. the problem is going to be but community the- because it's multiplayer focused. Yeah, the the one thing that I saw like when I was reading through it that made me go, huh. Well, that sounds like it'll be both horrible and awesome at the same time. 
It has four-player co-op where each player controls one part of a mech. <laughs> so depending on how that works out, I mean, it's probably going to be hilarious and also probably horrible in some way. But, yeah, this looks cool. Yeah, I never got around to playing that. I really should. But here's another game for me. This is actually my second on the queue. Edge of Eternity. Uh, uh, early access game, so, you know, your mileage may vary on this one. But it actually looks fairly pretty already. So, you know, they definitely have a, gra a good graphic style on this. It looks very Final Fantasy-ish, doesn't it? And, and not, I haven't pulled it up uh, yet. Not just on the generic uh, JRPG, but I'm talking about just in general in the world design. Edge of Eternity. Do, 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 opening. Oh, yeah, that's very JRPG. <laughs> well, well, like, right away. Well, not just JRPG, but particularly, I would say, like, Final Fantasy 13 ish Yeah. Or, 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 or even Final Fantasy 10 ish with some of the uh, world design. It's only $18. Yeah. Oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> I'll have to think about that for later. Uh, I have to think about it for later. Yeah, and this is part of a larger franchise, I think. I oh, know it's. I'm trying to figure that out. Uh, no, but wave uh, wage epic turn-based battles as you follow Darian and Celine on their quest to find a cure to the all-consuming cor corrosion in this grand tale of hope and sacrifice. But yeah, a very pretty looking. I'm not sure what the completion on this is. Let me just quickly look at this. Uh, looks like they're focusing on a small portion of the game world. So uh, essentially Divinity model where they're uh, polishing the first area, I would assume, and uh, building up from there, which is a double-edged sword, if you uh, pardon the turn of phrase there, since the main guy has you know, generic JRPG big-ass sword. Where the original Divinity, the first area was very highly polished, very tight, and then the further you got in the game, the more it was obvious that it didn't have as much, you know, love to it. Uh, but it looks like they're focusing on uh, expanding it, uh, trying to see... Uh, they'll change the price on uh, as it goes through early access, so you may want to jump on it if you're, this is your jam right now. Yeah, I'll have to think about it, but I would definitely be all about that, uh, I think. They're exp wow. Full release out of early access sometime in 2020. So, long term. Well, uh, pros and cons. I mean, I yeah. guess they're, you know, admitting it right off the bat instead of Yeah, I just hope that they're not playing on early access funding at all, you know? Because that's also been a problem yeah. with uh, early access games where they focus solely on uh, getting the funding through the early access program to fund the actual development of the game but if it doesn't take off right away or it gets a good start and then drops off they're screwed so you got another one? yeah uh, yeah I got uh, Battlefleet Gothic Armada too. <laughs> did you like the first Battlefleet Gothic Armada game? well then you'll probably like this one so uh, I got uh, another one uh, I'm I got Beholder 2, which is the sequel to Beholder, which is, uh, it's a game I didn't really care for, but I understand why people would like it. Uh, it's essentially a apartment manager 
mixed with Papers, Please, where you were spying on your tenants to determine if they are breaking walls uh, for, you know, the regime. And while doing that, you had some moral choices on, you know, do you turn these people in because... Uh, you know, they're not bad guys. They're just happen to be breaking the law of the day. And as the game progresses, the laws got more and more complex. And I'm not sure if Beholder 2 continues that theme, but it does look like it does. Uh, but if you liked Papers, Please, you'd probably like this. So, uh, just throwing it all out there. It's not my thing, but yeah. Anyway, it sounded gotcha. like you were excited for something. Yes, Phantom Brigade. Burgerder? Phantom Brigade. I almost said it twice. This is a tactical turn-based mech combat game with, uh, they say, in-depth customization of your mechs. This reminds me very much of Front Mission, uh, the older Front Mission when it was turn-based, at least in the way that it looks, both in design and things like uh, the... Uh, the way that the game seems to be presenting itself um, and the couple of screenshots that they've got about like your mech bay and stuff like that. Um, this makes me very happy, obviously. You know I love my mech games. I'm a big stompy mech games. So, uh, yeah, I'm very much into this. It's uh, launch date to be determined. So I'm going to keep my eyes on this one. I'm always up for a good turn-based strategy game with mechs involved. So. Okay, so. Yay, mechs. <laughs> then that was the last game in my queue, so that was a good one to go out on. I had three, so. I, I, I still you, have buddy. eight remaining in my queue, including the one I'm pasting well, in now. My queue was a lot of hot, hot garbage with several Well, that's because you play hot garbage. That's because you play a lot of hot garbage. I've also, like, been through, like, 12,000 games or something like that so, on the War of uh, Rights. Discovery queue. War of Rights is a first-person multiplayer game with a focus on historical accuracy set during the Civil War. Interesting time frame, uh, all things considered, because you don't really see that many, especially with historical accuracy. And the game looks damn impressive already for being an early access title. Now... The question is, does it have the community? Because early access... Eh, right? Yeah. But... This looks interesting. Know, if you could get a group together for it, it'd be uh, yeah, really impressive. Uh, it does seem like they, uh, the game's still very rough, though, but it looks pretty. But, yeah, just because it's an early access niche title, I don't expect there to be a community for this. So, unless you're willing to build one yourself... Then this is going to be one of those, you know, just tragic wayside uh, wastes, to be perfectly honest. And I'm just kind of, I'm trying to get the highlights for uh, the rest of my queue. I don't know. What is this? Hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Th this looks interesting enough. So I skipped a couple uh, that, you know, if you weren't done, I would have probably grabbed. But Sierra 2, The Shattering which is a civilization-like from the looks of things with a some sort of battle system as well. That, uh, 
this looks really, really, really weird. It has the built-in editors for the event. Well, let's just read the snippet part. In the Darklands, inspired by Slavic myth, life is a struggle to survive against ever-increasing odds, be it natural or malevolent. Can you lead your flock to prosperity in this innovative blend of forex strategy, RPG, and card game? Okay, you have my attention. Hmm. That sounds weird, well, uh, but well, in well, a good way. Well, why I stopped was one of the screenshots so shows the battle not playing out, you know, just little figures bashing against one another and whoever has the better numbers wins. But actually having a, for lack of a better term, I would say Elder Scrolls on, uh, or Elder Scrolls, uh, the Elder Scrolls game or card game where it has the multiple lanes. Yeah. Uh, or multiple lines. Uh, having that type of screenshot for a battle. Because I don't want to just call it Hearthstone and be done with it. It's you know, it's not Dark Souls, so it's not uh, all encompassing of, of uh, being a card game. But I just heard my kid's door buzzer. Uh-oh. So I'm I'm gonna go check on him because when he when we when they got home he was asleep and he went straight to his bed like mm-hmm. asleep. So he's probably gonna be a little confused. You go ahead and finish up, and then I'll be back and we'll we'll wrap. All up right, well, I'll stop on my next game. Anyway, since you were gone, I was able to get a little bit more time, and I would have skipped this game otherwise. But Battle Princess Madeline. Uh, a uh, essentially a love letter to the old uh, ghoul, uh, super ghouls and ghosts. Very hard uh, hack and slash platformer with some actually fairly impressive uh, pixel art on it and uh, some cutscenes. Uh, essentially, just take super ghouls and ghosts, uh, replace the male protagonist with a female, and uh, give him uh, or sorry, give her a, a ghost dog and and some proper uh, story cutscenes. And you have uh, the Battle Princess. And according to the Steam Store page, it uh, actually has a, st- a story mode by a professional children's author. So, it sounds interesting, at least. Sounds fancy. But, yeah, that was the... I don't like it, but it sounds fancy. Oh, d- did you ever, pl- Looking did you ever at play it. the old Super Ghouls and Ghosts? I did not. Uh, I didn't play much of them, but a uh, very entertaining but very difficult game. But that was the last game of my queue. I, I got to the last game and I sat there and looked at it because, you know, I had time. But, yeah. Gotcha. That is the end of the discovery queue, which leads us to the part of the podcast where you go first. Indeed. So if you want to see the few random smatterings of things that I post on the YouTubes, you can do so by searching for my YouTube channel, Gaming Psychologist. If you want to follow me on Twitter, where I tweet about all kinds of things all the time at random intervals, you can do so by following me at JMA4707. And if you want to be my friend on Steam, where we can chat, uh, I like to chat with all the lovely people. And accept all the lovely friend requests from said lovely people. My Steam username is jarthur4707. Hit me up. Ask me some questions. Who knows? Maybe your question will be featured on the show. By the way, Eric. Uh, I, I'm blanking on your username right now, and I'm too lazy to go look it up. 
I think it's like awesome Eric or oh, so he's not Eric the awful something like that. <laughs> no, that, that, that was actually a was... Ray Stevens song. Gotcha. But he was he was the person who asked the question that I answered in Community Corner today. So and that, and that I interrupted uh, multiple times during your answer. But if you wish to let him know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is Failure Conga. Nice. That's a good one. Failure Conga. I mean, I came up with it, so may as well use it, right? I wonder what happens if I... Hmm? So I don't know what happens if I oh, no. uh, giphy that on Steam Chat. You, you, you've been uh, enjoying that way too much. It is... So, Steam Chat has for the listeners who didn't know which i assume most of you don't because we didn't know until like two weeks ago yeah, when you randomly has got found several it. has got several slash features you can do like a coin flip do a random number generator a few other things my favorite one is you type slash giphy g-i-p-h-y and then a word or series of words after that it will send a random gif to whoever it is that you're chatting with so let's do slash Giphy failure conga. <laughs> hey, it's Bethesda. Yeah. Is that Todd Howard? <laughs> for the for the visual gag on the audio podcast, it is Homer Simpson in a bathtub trying to scrub failure. The off stink of failure is still on me. Uh, appropriate, I would say. Indeed. So what about you, buddy? Where can they find uh, you on the internet? Well, I run a YouTube channel, Gaming with Caffeine Rage, which has had a halting of content in the last, uh, well, I guess week or so, because, uh, well, things I can't talk about just yet. So uh, that and uh, just other projects. So I will be restarting that. I'm going to get RimWorld back up and running. I do have a couple episodes of Spin Tires in the can, which I... Uh, we'll get that uh, uh, you know rationed out because uh, it's my fault that we didn't get much done last time because I just ended up just being tired. What are you doing? Oh, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I just discovered that one. I assumed the worst on you on that one. Well, shame on you. Can you blame me? Really? Can I keep keep talking? Oh boy. Uh, but yeah, I'll be uh, restarting my content and I really should try to get back up to full capacity because yeah, uh, I've been uh, at just partial capacity for ages now, just not sitting down and doing the proper recording, but Gaming with Caffeine Rage will be coming back up to full power before too long, hopefully, uh, at least at worst after the end of the year. So, but that's not too far off actually. Uh, speaking of content that I'm not doing as much as I should, I also have a Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash caffeine underscore rage. And that's not caffeine, the word underscore in rage. That's caffeine, the, uh, the mark underscore and in rage. Just want to uh, make that clear. Where I will stream occasionally, I intend to do some more Grim Dawn. Also, any games that I get review code, I may do. Uh, uh, you're trying to uh, spoiler uh, uh, your Giphy now, but you can't. Yeah, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> uh, and that's what you think for that. Uh, but I'm uh, planning on doing some more Grim Dawn and to be able to talk about it either 
uh, in the next episode or after the beginning of the year and uh, some other random games. I have some uh, review code that I could do and uh, we'll see what pops up there. But if you wish to, uh, if you don't want to hunt down my channel, but want to know when I'm streaming anyway, I also tweet out occasionally uh, when I'm streaming or my other random thoughts. Uh, that's over at Gaming with CR. I, I'm actually uh, about a year behind on my memes because I just did a perfectly balanced uh, uh, meme uh, today. Uh, because I was uh, rather frustrated trying to rebalance my checkbook because, uh, yeah, I bought a few things from Amazon and Amazon breaks purchases down by vendor. And that's annoying to try to double check things whenever you have one order and you look on your bank uh, statement and there's seven different <laughs> uh, transactions and you're trying to figure out just where you forgot to carry the three. Yep. Glad I don't really have anything to do with that. I mean, if Katie ever wanted to like, just fuck me over, I would be screwed. <laughs> she has like, I mean, I don't even, I don't know any of our shit. I just like, I trust you, babe <laughs> completely. Just doing this whole life thing together. Uh, anyways, yeah. <laughs> got off, uh, uh, my, uh, spiel there. Uh, let's see. Uh, but yeah, uh, tweet out occasionally just random things, random thoughts. And also I tweet out when I do my uh, Twitch stuff. So you can follow me over there to see what I'm up to. And uh, speaking of up to, well, we are up to the ending, so that means I scroll all the way back up to the beginning of the uh, document, because that makes a lot of sense. Once again, if you wish to contact us, you could do so vglpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, game-related topics, or questions, or just tweet them to us over at vglpodcast on the Twitter. Our lovely, lovely patrons help pay for this podcast, and by help, we mean completely, right? Absolutely. Patreon.com slash VGL podcast uh, is our Patreon campaign. And we really should update that. We've been meaning to for ages uh, for more uh, tiers and to rehash some of the tiers for more interesting rewards. Uh, we actually talked about that ages ago and we never implemented it because we meant to have another business meeting and never got around to it. Whoops. Really should do that soon. Uh, uh, probably around the first of the year, though, right? Because holidays. Yeah. But check out over there uh, to be able to see what you could do. Or if you wish to check us out, uh, if you're catching us through just some random means uh, as we flow around the internet, our our website is vglpodcast.podbean.com, which hosts the RSS feed as well as our show notes, but you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and all sorts of places. And... Uh, there was the, uh, they, they were, it was Amazon that was doing a podcast as well recently, but we needed to get on that, don't we? Pandora. Pandora. I, we're not, I've looked into that. We're not big enough? Uh, th no, they make it convoluted and difficult as hell to sign mm. up. So I just had, like, I looked into it and I haven't taken the time to go through the process to do so yet. Right. Speaking of the process... Let's continue on. Our intro and outro music is on the ground by Kevin McLeod, and our Discovery Q music is doubly due by the same artist. His work can be found at incomputech.com and... As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye-bye now. See ya. Bye.